0: Welcome back to Dawn City everyone, March 29th, 2021, episode number 52, CC Sabathia edition. Everyone is laughing because I fucked up. We came in, I didn't I didn't go live. I did the whole intro and we, we realized I was not live in the group so technically this is part two so everyone is hearing this shit again. <laughs> Henry Maldonado, Vince Mercandetti, Rob Martinez and we have special guest Renee Schultz with the shitty hat. Coming here to Vermont. <laughs> Puerto Rico needs a baseball team. Welcome to no, City. No, it does not Vince, how are we doing, baby? I throw it off to you. You've upset me because
1: I uh the first time through you said CC Zabathia is the greatest player to ever wear number 52. <laughs> and I was gonna challenge you on that because I'm like, how many players have worn 52?
0: Doesn't matter. Were... He's still the he's still the the best player to ever wear 52, baby. Doesn't yeah, matter how many. But, uh...
1: But that didn't make final cut here in the behind the scenes edition of Dong City, it uh, it only made the, the cutting room floor. So here we are, Dong City, this is the last of the divisional previews. We have the AL and NL East on tap. Hey, Henry, we, these are always the toughest ones on us, even though it's like self-explanatory as to what we're going to be talking about. But um, we got through the West. We got through the Central. And this is obviously our favorite one because we get to be just blatant homers and also self-loathing at the same time. And we get we get Renee here too as a Mets fan, which I don't think last year we had because we had Leon, who was a Nationals fan and promptly picked the Angels to make the playoffs and the Yankees not to. So, <laughs>
2: Oh
1: Now, (laughs) yeah, now uh, we get some weird predictions on this show, man.
0: Leon has been usurped, which is the second time I'm using this word in like 20 minutes. Leon has been usurped (laughs) by Matthew Nyland's pig, so... You know, last year, Leon with the shocking pick. This year is Matt with the uh, the Angels making the World Series pick. So
1: Yeah, he came in like wow. a wrecking ball. So.
0: I'm, I'm digging these prediction shows. We get some wild shit out of here,
1: man. I like it. I like that everyone gets as high as humanly possible before they come on the show and then they start talking. It's great. Well, I, I'll be the pragmatist among, amongst the guests. <laughs> so thank you for joining us Renee your first visit on the show always exciting when we have a first timer and I think we've done that now on every uh preview show so far so we're excited about that getting the community uh, involved.
3: Thank you guys for having me Robert Henry Vince thank you guys for having me and I-, I look forward to it
0: Yeah it's great man like like Vince said we have a community of uh close to 6300 now just a couple episodes ago we were 6000 we're close to 6300 as uh, baseball season ramping up And it's fun to see, you know, the guys, you see their names, you see the comments behind the scenes. It's fun to have you guys on the show, um, put a face to the name and just let everyone know that, you know, we here at Dong City, we represent our community of baseball life, and this is what it's about. It's about you guys. Talk about whatever years you want to talk about. And if you want to say the Angels make the World Series, we'll just have some fun at your expense. Uh...
1: No, I'll pass on that one. And Renee got the bonus of seeing us fuck up already. So here we go. Uh, We're going to start this week with the NL East, probably, obviously, the reasons as to why. And that means we're going to start with the 2019 World Series champion Washington Nationals. Did not go so worldly for them last year uh, in the short season, 26 and 34. Again, I'm going to say this to preface when we do talk about the AL East, I'm not putting much stock into how 2020 went. It's a very small sample size. In some cases, it may mean more than others. For the Nationals, I don't think it meant much. 26 and 34, probably a little anecdotal, but it it tends to be like an on-again, off-again thing with them. Sometimes they're good, other times they're awful um last year they were pretty bad 26 and 34 they kind of mailed it in even though they finished the year winning seven of ten won their last three negative eight run differentials so probably a little unlucky being eight games under 500 um 14 17 against teams over 500 so I mean a you know mixed bag for them these were the offseason this is a, an addition here I can add you is the basic offseason moves of the teams because they figured out how to use the internet at 33 years old we have uh Big signings here. Brad Hand, Kyle Schwarber, Josh Harrison was re-signed. They brought in John Lester, Alex Avila, uh, Jeremy Jeffries. Those are probably the biggest signings. They only really lost Michael Taylor and Annabelle Sanchez. Um, other than that, not too bad. Oh, and Adam Eaton. So pretty good offseason for the Nationals. I mean, they really didn't lose much. They gained some nice nice pieces there. Let's start also, guys. We're going to, we're going to break you in here, Renee. Let's start with the nationals. You're, I'm guessing our tribal at this point. What, uh, what are your thoughts on them for 2021?
3: Uh, I think they're going to be a good team. I I think just generally speaking, uh, the NLE is probably going to be the, probably the most competitive uh, division in baseball Um, nationals, Phillies, obviously the Mets, um, I think the, the Nationals have, have a couple of things to, that they need to just address. Um, bullpen is kind of okay. I, I think they made improvements, but um, Juan Soto, what, what can you say? What what can't you say about him? He's always going to be dangerous and he can carry a team offensively for a month to six weeks at a time. And, and they are a dark horse in that division, along with, I guess, a couple other teams. But um, yeah, I, I think the Nationals are going to be are definitely going to be above 500 at or around
1: okay do you have them in uh, i'm guessing above 500 you don't have them in last place again do you uh, where where do you place them among your teams here
3: i i want to say ahead of the marlins um okay. definitely ahead of the marlins everybody's probably be ahead of the marlins um i don't think that they're going to be better than the phillies to be honest with you
0: Everyone's going to be ahead of the Marlins. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah,
3: sure, but um, I I think they're not going to be. I think I I have them behind the Phillies, to be honest with you. I I don't see them being, you know, maybe fourth in the division, Marlins, then them. Um, But again, they have that championship pedigree that is worth something. Uh, Trey Turner, Scherzer, I'm drawing a blank right now, but he just pitched today, too. Um,
1: Corbin, Lester, Strasburg?
3: Strasburg. Strasburg just pitched against okay. the Mets today. Um, and he pitched really good um, this afternoon. So, I mean, they they have um, lots of really good pieces, straight Turner and then that whole golf season additions. But uh, I think that I, – I just think that they're uh, – I think, I think the word that Vince uses, their window's closed.
1: Nice, I like that. Um, Henry, let's move it over to you, Nationals.
0: What are your thoughts? So I, I like three-fifths of their rotation. <laughs> I, I don't know, we we don't know what John Lester is anymore. I mean, I like Scherzer, I like Strasburg, I like Corbin. I, I love Corbin in the number three spot, I always did. I think he fits them perfectly. Um, I don't like the back end of their rotation. Their bullpen, I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw last year. We're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, ins and outs, rotating, uh, you know, revolving door. Daniel Hudson's their closer. Will Harris is inconsistent. They did get Hand. After that, it's just a steep drop. It's those three guys, and you can't spend the whole year just doing that with your bullpen. We saw what happened um, with any, any team who tries to do that. Last time the Nationals won, what they end up doing, they using they were using starters as relievers because they had no arms. You can't do that. You can't keep doing that. Uh, I love the addition of Josh Bell and Kyle Ka- um to go with Trey Young, <laughs> Trey Turner, Trey Young. Sorry, I'm thinking uh, step back podcast Friday nights. By the way, um, <laughs> Trey Turner, not Trey Young. <laughs> Although I'm sure Trey Young could probably play baseball. But you to that to that um, that lineup, you know, you have Robles uh Juan Soto's probably the best overall hitter in baseball it's a nasty lineup um Carter Keeboom, what is he who is he what you know what is he really is he going to match that ceiling that we all think he has I think he was sent to the minors um I have him here on my depth choppers playing third base but I think he was sent to the minors um they're gonna slug I, I do not like their outfield defense Victor Robles is Going to be getting gifts all year from Schwarber and Juan Soto because he's going to be covering a ton, a ton of ground in that outfield. Um, I have the Nats coming in at third place in the NL East.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with both of you for different reasons. Renee, you brought up that you think this will be the most competitive division. I think competitive is the perfect word because I don't think it's, it's got, it's got World Series competitors in it, but I don't think at the top, it's the most dominant division. I do think one through five, it probably is. Um, There's no team here I would say is gonna lose 95 games. There's probably no team here is gonna lose 90 games, possibly, unless someone just mails it in, which is always possible. Um, The Nationals with that context worry me for a few reasons. And and I, (laughs) it's weird. I go through these phases where you know I reflect on these teams, we get up to the show, and then it's like, all right, I got to really just buckle down and make a decision. Um, I had the Nationals anywhere from first to second to third to fourth. Uh, I think I'm going to settle with Henry at third. And the reason is this, you look at that one through three, it's still on paper one of the best in baseball. you got Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin and then you have Lester and Ross who are, you know, four and five or four and five. I think they can slot in there. I don't think it's too bad. I don't think it's great. Uh, bullpen has always seems to be a struggle. Will Harris is hurt. Um, I forgot by the way, Josh Bell, probably their biggest addition. He's he's at first. Uh, I love Josh Bell. Um, that said, the lineup is good. I wouldn't say it's, it's completely elite. I wouldn't say it's a weak point either. Um, my biggest problem with the Nationals is just looking at them from 2019 to 2021 in the pitching department. I think it's going to be a big struggle, and this is why. 2019, like Henry said, they used all hands on deck. Same same exact strategy Alex Cora used in 2018 with the Red Sox. In 2019, the Red Sox pitching fell apart. In 2020, the Nationals pitching <laughs> fell apart with injuries. We, we know that's what, that's what you sign up for when you use that strategy to win a World Series. Neither of them are going to trade it in. They'll take their titles for sure. But now you're going from 2020 to 2021 in an unprecedented situation where you're now you're going from throwing maybe 80 to 100 innings to now you've got to get back to your full status here. It's a big, big mess if you're a starting pitcher. And in the Nationals case, outside of Corbin, who's thrown a lot of innings, Strasburg and Scherzer are on the side of 30. So that is a lot of red flags for me. You're going from beat up their arms in 2019 to not enough innings in 2020. Now you're looking to beef them up again in 2021. They're another year older. Corbin is the healthiest and the best of that bunch on (laughs) on paper in terms of staying healthy. But he also has thrown a lot of innings and he didn't have a great 2020. Small sample size willing to forgive it. That's my biggest problem. There's a lot of red flags health-wise with the Nationals. And there's not enough Upside there for me to put them into that upper echelon of the NLE. So, third place, fourth place wouldn't shock me. Fifth place would be surprising. Uh, I think that's what they are. Um, I don't think they're, they're
0: probably, way back. Yet. Which means that they'll probably compete better than we think because that's what the Nets do. You see them on paper, they're not like otherworldly, and then they go out there and they prove everyone wrong.
1: That's what's deceiving is when you think the Nats are good, they tend to be really bad. When you think they're going to be bad to mediocre, they win the World Series. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen?
0: I would feel more confident about them if they if they have more uh, starting rotation depth. You know, if they went out and acquired some guys that could do innings, I, I would feel more confident. I just I, I just I don't like the rest of the rotation after three. And like you said, one through three will be taxed.
1: Yeah. You got one through three health risks and then not a lot of depth after five. And as I've mentioned throughout all of the division preview shows, the teams that are best set up in 2021 are the ones with eight, nine, 10 starters, not the ones who have a really nice looking one through three or one through five.
0: But Nationals- it, one thing I do like about them, and I mentioned to Leon in the section, you have Carter Kevum coming at their base, which by the way, this kid better hit because this is why they let Rendon <laughs> go. Play. He's the reason yeah. that Anthony Rendon go. If and because they're
1: starting big, third baseman right now
0: that's a big big fail you have him and you have Luis Garcia and Luis Garcia in the minors I like the two of those guys I think they'll be in majors Josh Harrison's playing second and I think he's just keeping it warm like I told Leon but I like Luis Garcia I like Carter Cuban those guys could join that lineup and you know like, like almost any lineup in this division not named the Marlins they, they can match man these guys are going to match
1: there you go. Third place, third place, fourth place. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. They're not going to finish first. They're not going to finish last. <laughs> <So Early on. laughs> let's, uh, let's move it on here to maybe the most exciting team of the offseason. I've probably said that before in prior years, but <laughs> the New York Mets. Um, here's the tail of the tape for the Mets. We'll start with their preview. First of all, they, they think they're going to win the World Series so much so they wanted to practice it. Uh, over and over again, we didn't forget Renee and other Mets 7 train guys. Here are your New York Mets winning the World Series in March, baby. <laughs> and yeah, the uh,
0: for, the those of you, yeah, for those of you who don't know, watch <laughs> Apparently. I don't know
1: if the actual truth is better by the way like I almost rather would have been gone through a rehearsal dinner of winning the World Series than celebrated not making an error let,
0: let, me, tell everyone, let me tell everyone what they're watching in case they don't know because you know Joey's going to come in all pissed off and say that's not what it was
2: <laughs>
0: what you're watching allegedly was the Mets practicing winning the World Series on the final out, <laughs> and that's what they were doing at that moment Great for Baseball Life fodder. Great for the show. They had that shit coming, so you guys uh, enjoy it.
1: That lit Baseball Life on fire for like 36 hours. Absolutely. <laughs> Just, it, was, I mean, it was a
0: tough 36 hours for
1: us. Yeah, it went into this whole philosophical discussion of like, how should you celebrate? Like, should you celebrate at all in March? Yeah. And You had Sean.
0: You had Sean and Joey on the same page, and whenever you do that, you know something's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Sean was ready to throw the book at everyone. Um, So let's get to the Mets now in, in seriousness. They – 26 and 34, same record as the Nationals. They tied for last last year. Again, 60 games, take it for what it's worth. Mets had a lot of problems, uh, like, in the beginning of that season. They lost their last three, seven out of ten. gave go for a 22-run differential, not great. 14-18, uh, uh, all their other stats are mediocre. That's all you have to know. Um, here's what you also should know, though. This was their offseason. They lost Rick Porcello. Who cares? They lost James McCann. Or I'm sorry, they gained James McCann. Uh, nice signing. They lost Kevin P- or they gained Kevin Polar. Okay. Um, Taewon Walker, they gained. Help me out here. Who else are we <laughs> out There's so many names on this list. It's hard to like. Carrasco, Lindor.
0: Carrasco. Yeah.
1: Let's go with the rotation first. They gained Taywan Walker. They gained Carlos Carrasco, who's hurt, but, you know, presumably. Strowman, if you
3: want to pull him in addition.
1: Stroman's back, yeah, after opting out. Uh, We know how we feel on this show about Marcus Mm Strowman. They lose Michael Walker. I don't consider that a loss. They lost Rick Porcello. I don't consider that a loss. They gained Chesey. Bukazei from uh, the Padres. I think that's a nice depth. That's one of those guys like that six through eight that I consider a nice signing. Um, you know and then I you lost the Jed Lowry and joanna Cespedes, so I know you guys are heartbroken about that. And um, and then you get to their other signings. Like I said, Kikin, they gain, and uh, I mean that that's and obviously Francisco Lindor is the big the big.
0: Uh, is that Yoshi losing his shit?
1: That's not me. No, that's that's actually uh, Lucian Wrigley on my end. Probably. Yeah, he, he's got double barrel
2: action over so. there.
1: Um, so, anyway, big offseason. Case in point, you got Carrasco, you got Lindor, you have a new owner. Obviously, no matter what happened in spring training, there's a lot of excitement to go around just based on those things. Again, we'll go to you now. This is your baby, Renee. Um, um, how much better are the Mets?
3: I think we're 90. 90- win team I fully expect us to be in the running for the division uh for the most for most of the season and uh I really think we're going to be a wild card team um as hard as that is uh for me to say I I really want them to win the division I'd rather them win the division but I I think there are other teams that are going to be better um I think we all know who we're talking about there, um, but I really think we are a lot better, top to bottom. I mean, to your point with that seven through eight or six, seven, eight pitcher, we got the kid uh, Jordan. I don't want to butcher his name uh, with the Y uh,
1: Yamamoto.
3: Yamamoto, thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, he's pitching really good. We got the Trevor May. Um, not. Not the Trevor we wanted, but the Trevor we got. Um, we got uh, Cookie Carrasco, which I think his hamstring is going to hurt us. And I think that is probably going to be, you know, those two or three games that I, he might have pitched probably is going to cost us the division at the end of the season. But um, he's going to be out for some time, I think. Um, but we get Noah Syndergaard back sometime in, in May or June, so I'm really excited about that and what he's going to bring to the table. I don't care what anybody says Jake is the best pitcher in baseball period. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the wall with for that. Um, and uh, other than that, really, I I think we're gonna be a 91 team. We the excitement, I think it shouldn't be understated um, with with Cohen. Cohen is, is Steve Cohen has been a breath of fresh air for for Met fans and just for baseball in general, the way he in, interacts with 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 us you know, the Met fans on Twitter. Um, And I'm really excited for what can happen. We can be very good um, if Edwin Diaz gets his act together. Because if I see him in the street, we're going to have a disagreement. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I mean, Pete Alonso, I I think he's going to – he's definitely had a killer spring. Um, I expect guys like McNeil to – do a lot better than they've done in the spring. I think J.D. Davis is – he's going to give and take, especially if they're going to have him at third uh, for extended periods of time. He's, you know, he's just – I don't think he has a handle on the position yet, but if he hits as good as he did a couple years ago, I think it will be border under the bridge, Um, especially if he gets his, you know, full season of of A.B.s. Dom Smith, I mean – Listen, I, th- I think our outfield defense is not going to be the best. I, I think we're probably going to have – I think somebody actually posted that we had a really good outfield defense last year, or no, offense. Um, but this year our defense in the offense is going to be a serious issue, but I hope that Dom Smith, uh, Conforto, and, and uh, Nemo getting on base will probably make up for some of that, or most of it, I, I hope.
1: Yeah, I I think that's well said Uh, you this is a team that has taken a definitive next step from the purgatory that is 75 to 85 wins in my mind to a team that can win 90 games if you win 90 games you're probably getting a wild card spot I think that's where the Mets are. My excitement for them tempered a little bit with the Carrasco injury, and it's not just because of the time he's going to miss. It's also just because the general nature of Carlos Carrasco—you never want to start the season with an injury because he's pretty naturally injury-prone at this point in his career, um, and that's not all his fault, obviously, with his with his yeah. background.
3: With his health history,
1: yeah. Yeah, you get Strowman back now. That that's he's he's a rotation piece for sure. Where he slots is up to many, many, many debates. Um, among many many New York fans but he fits somewhere and Taewon Walker I actually love that signing I that's outside of the Carrasco Lindor trade I thought that was maybe the best move the Mets have made this entire offseason yes the guy who can start a playoff game for you and that to me is a big differentiation between a fifth starter and a four if you're a fourth starter you can start a playoff game that's a legitimate fourth starter I think that's exactly
2: what he is
3: and 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 Taywan Walker, and I'm so sorry to cut everybody off. Taywan Walker has the stuff, right? There's something to be said. Mm-hmm. His stuff plays, and um, I mean, if you see him in spring, it, his breaking stuff was electric. His fastball was up, like, sitting at 95 and get up to 96, seven. He's just really a, a, a surprising piece. I didn't know how good he was up until I, I watched him a couple times this spring, and was really excited at you know the potential of having a really high level uh, starting pitching staff with him involved in it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you go to City Field, that's going to insulate any sort of change of scenery a little bit. If you're a pitcher, that, that's a nice place to land if you're a starting pitcher on a new team in year one, uh, it's the complete opposite of how Yankee stadium works when you're almost like, all right, just add half a run ERA. If they're coming to the Yankees, cause that's probably what's going to happen. I think the Mets it's like the opposite. It's a pretty comfortable place to go if you're a starting pitcher free agent um bullpen i've always loved seth lugo probably more than most people uh edwin diaz obviously has to be edwin diaz trevor mays nice signing i'm not a familiar guy i the i don't know what he has at this point so the bullpen has some arms i don't know how deep it is i guess we'll find out uh i love the offense i love the offense by the way for fantasy because if the fantasy show is going to talk about reality, we're going to talk about fantasy a little bit. I, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of options over there. You got Alonzo, McNeil, you got Edwin Diaz, DeGrom, Carrasco, Walker in my mind, Smith, Conforto. All of these guys are fantasy guys. You want cheap steals late? Jonathan Villar, nice little bench signing. Um, I like him, too. Amora, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a very – it's a deep offense. I think it's a well-balanced offense, which uh, – Really, this team reminds me so much, and I'm not saying it's going to have the same outcome. It reminds me so much of the 2015 Mets in that you have the potential for a very good playoff rotation. You have the potential for a 90-win team, which they won 90 and and won the wild card in in, uh, 2015, you have the potential for an offense that can translate into the postseason. I think that's the best-case scenario is if this team does win a wild card, does win 90 games, gets into the playoffs, (laughs) that can be dangerous if they're healthy. Um, And really, it's going to come down to Carrasco. It's going to come down to Stroman holding up over the course of a season. If you've got that one through four on paper in the playoffs with this lineup relatively healthy – I like the, I, I like their chances at at least competing with the Dodgers or Padres, wherever is going to be that top seed. So that's where I'm at with the Mets. Definitely second place. I mean, I agree with you, Renee. I think they're a wild card team. Henry, what are your thoughts? To finish up the Mets.
0: I absolutely love the Mets team before Carlos Carrasco got injured. Yeah, I, that's a, it's a big blow to a team like that. In, in all honesty, I, I was going to pick the Mets to win the division uh, if you have Carlos Carrasco on this team. I think having Carrasco on his team, you're able to bump a guy like Taiwan Walker because you guys are butchering his name. So it's Taiwan Walker. <laughs>
1: there you go. Yeah. All yeah. Yeah. Well, so, he needs to make up his mind as to what he wants to do. You're able be. to okay. bump
0: guys like Taiwan Walker, David Peterson, and Joey Lucchesi back a spot. And the Mets have a ton of, of starting pinching depth. But I think adding Carrasco in front of those guys, you can pull everyone, push everyone back. And that's incredible depth to have. And I think in a season where I, my hot take was we're not going to see any 200 in pitchers in baseball. I think we need as many arms as possible this year, specifically this year after the COVID season we had. Um, I like their bullpen a lot. Uh, Delon Batanzas is not the guy Delon Betances thought they were getting. You know, a lot of people made fun of me. You guys know I love Dylan Betances. Brian Kesson didn't sign him for a reason. He went to the Mets. His velocity is horrible. His stuff looks horrible this spring. He looks like he's Does. dumb. Who they did yeah. get last year at the trade deadline, um, Miguel Castro. No one talks about him. I like that kid a lot. Yeah. I think Miguel Castro can fill the role that Della Patances was supposed to fill. This guy throws a change up. He throws a sinker. His slider clips at a 48% whiff rate. The kid is nasty. And I think because of the other names in that bullpen, you know, you don't have to put him in a high leverage situation. You know, you look at the end of the season and Miguel Castro is going to have some of the best reliever numbers. He may not necessarily pitch in high leverage situations, But I think his numbers are going to be there at the end of the year. Now, Peter Lonzo, who was Peter Lonzo? Are we going to get the Peter Lonzo that everyone fell in love with a couple years ago who won Rookie of the Year and hit 50-something home runs? Or are we going to get last year's Peter Lonzo who just absolutely disappeared? Dom Smith picked up all that slack, but Dom Smith can't play left field to save his ass. I kept saying saying if the the, the DH was adopted in the NL, I think the Mets were the best team for it because – you can yeah. just put Pete at DH. Don Smith was a better fielder, by the way, at first base. And then they Mets could have gone out and got a a better outfield replacement. You know, maybe uh maybe, maybe they went harder at George Springer. Maybe they went harder at Jackie Bradley. I'm not a fan of the Amora signing. He's a fourth outfielder, nothing more. He's a defensive outfielder is what he is. He's he's not gonna start. He's not gonna give you starting production. Um, you know, he's I, a healthy
1: one Harris. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's not saying much, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I do like James McCann on this team. I understand why they didn't get JT Riomoto. I still think JT Realmuto was a better fit, but I understand why they didn't. And it's kind of fun that they killed the JT market the minute they went with McCann. JT had to yeah. go back and put his tail between his legs and take whatever the Phillies were willing to take him. So in the long run, this is a better deal. You know, getting McCann where you got him, with the money and the years, I think it's fine. I don't think McCann is a full-time starter, though, so you're going to have to pair him with someone. Um, new owner, that's, that's the best addition of the year. You have a new owner, the best subtraction is getting rid of the Will Ponds. You have a new GM, and then you have a new GM. You have two new GMs because of Dick Gate. Oh. About that, <laughs> Dick Pit Gate. So I didn't forget about Jared Porter. Um, I really do like the Mets. The Mets have a lot of fun teams. Um, I mean, a lot of fun pieces on this team. I do think they finished second in the division but I do think they make a lot of noise in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. It, it's a look for Mets fans. This is year one of what hopefully will be a very beautiful future for you. Um, That's, that's that's the perspective I would have going into this season. Mm -hmm. You can, you can aim sky high. You can have all the expectations in the world. I know the Mets are a shiny new toy right now, right? Like they don't do things they did in this winter if they still have the mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm keeping proper perspective, you're not on the tier of the Dodgers or Padres. There's just no getting <laughs> I don't know. And you're probably not the Braves, but that doesn't really mean much. In the grand scheme of things, you have a new owner, you made great signings. I think they're going to get the Lindor done, deal done, which I know is not going to make Henry very happy, but I think they will. Um, whether it's now or at the end of the season, And that's really what
0: Lindor gave them a opening day deadline.
1: He did. Yeah. Um, they went out, they had dinner. It's debatable as to whether Lindor enjoyed that dinner or not from last I heard. And, uh, you go out to
0: dinner with a billionaire, you're going to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. That's that's where it's at. No one took their dick out. So that's like a win for the Mets. Um, I, I will <laughs>
0: tell you, I absolutely love the Mets' rotation. I think they have the best rotation. He, the here's,
3: here's the thing I, I would say about the Mets, and I, I, I hate to cut, hang me off. I will take my starting in the seven-game series. I have no issues going up against the Dodgers, the Padres, any I was
0: actually, Yeah, I, that was going to be my point. I was going to say if there was a rotation in the NL that I would take to go up against the Dodgers and the Padres, it would be the, the Mets' rotation.
1: If they're, if they're healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Health, health. Do that about any team. So it's a cop-out answer, but it, with the Mets in particular, they, they may not be healthy.
0: I, um, I don't like anyone else's arms against those two teams other than the Mets. There's not a rotation I would take other than those that then the NL rotate for the NL, than the Mets against the Dodgers or the Padres in a playoff series.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's get to a couple of things in the comment section. I thought some good points. One is to clarify on Walker. I'm not saying his stats are going to improve going to City Field. I'm saying since he's going to another pitcher's park, they're not going to fall into like some bouldering volcano of shit.
0: Not only that, the, <laughs> thing, the thing with Taiwan Walker is when he came into the league, his stuff was disgusting. Taiwan Walker was supposed to be an ace. So if you look at Taiwan Walker and you think ace, no, no. But if you sit there and you say, hey, this is my three or four, or I might be okay.
3: Or even in a playoff situation where it's it's a, it's a long game and he could be a, a, a long guy. Yeah, I, I mean that's almost ideal. You know, you take him out of the rotation. Ideally, go to four a four man rotation be, and be the long guy. And that's that sounds great. Also, that's I think I'm he's a fan giving...
0: of, Yeah, that's why I'm a yeah. fan of, of having depth this particular year for that very reason because come the playoffs, you can do what Washington did a couple years ago and throw some of those guys in the bullpen. And if they're high-velocity guys, that's even better.
1: The other thing I want to throw out there to finish up on the Mets, something Matt Bushnell pointed out in the comments, I completely agree with him. Um, I think James McCann is a an upgrade over Wilson Ramos uh, year over year. Oh, yes. I, I agree with Matt, though. I don't think James McCann is going to be a full-time stud that uh, that I, I, think, I think he is. He is he a career backup in my mind. Um, I didn't think the contract was great, but he is not great. So so you look at it like that, but I completely agree with Matt. I am not that high on McCann as far as production goes, but he is better than what they had. So
0: this is why I kept saying to me, George Springer and JT Romoto fit them perfectly because you can move Nemo to left field. Springer's in center. That increases your defense. And then you have, uh, you know, the best catcher in baseball, as a backstop.
3: Yeah, I think McCann's uh, McCann's value is more defensive than him being able to call a better game than Wilson yeah. Ramos ever could.
0: He's got to be able to yeah. play over a hundred games, though. Yeah. Well,
3: we had that issue with Wilson, and we were able to nurse him
0: yeah. through. So, and I mean, how, Wilson had. Remember how bad you guys wanted to get rid of him, though? At the end. <laughs> I did.
3: I don't. Yeah, I mean, but he he wasn't as bad as I think people remember him to be, especially that first season when he was with us. He, he wasn't as bad. He, by the he was way, healthy and-
0: By the way, there is, there is one thing that gives, should give Mets fans hope. So when Steve Cohen bought the team, right away the Jared Porter shit came out. I thought the Mets handled that perfectly. Then a couple weeks oh. later, the GameStop thing came out where Steve Cohen lost like a, a couple billion dollars, you know, when the hedge fund he had was, was the one who took the beating. And I came through that unscathed. So I really like the, you know, the, the energy that the Mets front office is giving off right now. I think that that should, you know, calm Mets fans' fears from what they had with the rope Ponds.
3: It feels a lot more of a competent front office, uh, at least this, this upseason.
1: Yeah, uh, they hit the nail on the head. <laughs> they, they showed compet- competence, that is an upgrade. Um, <laughs> so there's the Mets. I have them officially. I think we're probably all in agreement here. I've got them second place wild card. Is that what everyone's got?
0: Yeah,
1: I, got uh, I think so. Yes. Let's move on to, uh, maybe the only other team people can possibly make an argument for a wild card. That is the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the more interesting slash boring team in baseball. Um, 20 and 32 last year is so the definition of mediocre, they finished one game out of a playoff spot for what it's worth. Lost seven out of 10, very Phillies fashion end of the year, negative five <laughs> differential, very 500 of them. They were <clears throat> nine and 19 on the road. That's notable. And 13 and 20 and teams over 500. This was Joe Girardi's first season. Uh, bullpen was a complete historically bad disaster, which is not very Joe Girardi-like. Um and now you've got the Phillies. Interesting offseason for them. They add Archie Bradley in the bullpen. They add Tony Watson in the bullpen. I, think I like both of those signings. Um, they... they got
0: rid of Tony Watson. What's that? They got rid of Tony Watson.
1: Oh they got no no.
0: Yes. I believe they cut him.
1: Oh, oh, you mean now? I thought yeah. All right. Yeah, minor league deal. Yeah. Um, well, that's a shame because I really like Tony Watson as a by local <laughs> uh, They've got Archie Bradley and, um, you know, not too many big signings. <laughs> they lost Jay Bruce, now going to be starting first baseman for the Yankees for what that's mm-hmm. worth. Uh, but they bring back Rio Muto and Didi Gregorius. I think those were probably the two biggest moves organizationally. Um, and adding Bradley obviously addresses the bullpen to an extent. They also – uh What so Brandon Workman? They lose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I forgot they traded for him. They lost him to the, the Cubs. So uh, and then they signed Hector Rondon. So the bullpen to me is full crap. Their rotation is Nola, who you you hope is going to stay healthy and ace-like. I think he's got it in him. Wheeler is the two starter. Zach Eflin three. Matt Moore and Chase Anderson. Then you've got a bullpen of a lot of spare parts and Archie Bradley and Brandon Kinsler. Uh, And then you've got an offense (laughs) that's got Andrew McCutcheon starting. Adam Hazleys in center. Brad Miller right now is in the mix somewhere. Segura's over. I mean, this is a very motley team. I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, I'm not big on the Phillies. I kind of laughed out loud, whatever that post was in baseball life. The Phillies, I think, beat the Yankees and, like, one hit them or something in spring training. That was, like, winning the world. I don't know what it is about these NL East teams winning the World Series in in March, but it seems to be a trend. (laughs) Uh, That was their celebration. (laughs) This is a lot of mixed parts for me, and not in a good, like, Giants dynasty way. This is a lot of mixed parts, and, like, it's got the potential to be pretty ugly in this division. And I've got them for fourth place pretty solid. Um, Henry, I know you're not big on the Phillies either, so we could start with you. I,
0: I know a lot of people, and if you do a, a little research, a lot of people are picking the Phillies to, to do something. I, I don't see it. You have one superstar, and then you have everyone else. You have Bryce Harper, who is the absolute stud of that team. Then your biggest superstar after that is Joe Girardi. I mean, that's it. <laughs> Jay, when JT yeah. was your second best offensive player, you have problems. And that's where they sit at right now. Their bullpen is trash it's a bunch of shitty guys and the only thing that'll save them is that there's one thing Girardi does really really great and his manages a bullpen um they only have one lefty reliever they sent down Jojo Romero which I don't know why but they send them down they the only lefty reliever is Jose Alvarado um I, I don't like it if you look at their rotation around the diamond you see a lot of nice parts that would fit teams who are competing so you give me an Andrew McCutcheon here, you give me a Didi Gregorius there. Those guys are part, spare parts on other teams that are competing. Like you said, you, these guys are all on the same team. Gene Seguro, come on, stop. I, I just don't see it. I think the Phillies finish in fourth. I, I don't see them making any noise. Uh, Bryce Harper, JT, and, and that's it. I mean, I love Didi Gregorius, but Didi is what Didi is. You, you know what you get from Didi. You're going to get pop in that ballpark for sure. You're going to get an okay average. It's going to strike out a ton. I'm just not a fan of what they did in terms of position players. Alec Bohm um, third base. I I I don't I don't like this team. Like you said, Andrew McCutcheon's a starting left fielder. I'm I don't like this team. I, I, there's nothing about this team that I like other than Bryce Harper.
1: I I know Nola. I know one thing you is like.
0: an absolute stud, and I know a lot of people think he's not. That kid is an absolute stud. Zach Wheeler's not a number two. No, I don't give a fuck what no one says. Zach Wheeler's not... You t- You put Zach Wheeler number three, number four, different story on a different team. He's not a number two.
1: I was going to say, I think Wheeler is a four on a World Series contender, three on a playoff team. He's not and a...
0: Zach Eflin, Mac Moore, stop. Like, come on. Th- th- those are spare parts. Those aren't main cogs. And, and I don't like what they're doing. I-, I don't like what they're doing. I don't know where they're going. I-, I just don't see what the Phillies are doing because their payroll's pretty up there too. So... Mm-hmm. It's not going to be. a Henry, there's,
1: there's one guy you do like on this team. Who's that? And he is the fourth string backup third base and shortstop, according to ESPN, Mr.
0: Ronald Torres. <laughs> <is> <laughs> on that big roster. toe, big toe. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that the way they put guys together on this team, that he's not starting on this team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Ronald Torres over. Gene Segura. Why not go for it? You know?
1: It is weird. Bone, uh, well, bone is exciting. Like I think it'll be. Fun. is
0: very exciting. But, but I think
1: I'd start like right Mets, out of the gate.
0: Look, the Mets, the Nats, and and the Braves are just gonna feast on the Phillies. They're just gonna feast on them.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a it's a dog shit pitching staff. Uh, they didn't do really. <laughs> it. It's just uh you know whatever. It's the Phillies. They may and and they may win. 78 79 games um i'm not saying that this is a 90 loss team but in the nl east that is probably fourth place so
0: that's exactly I what i haven't played. i haven't it. i haven't played disagree because
1: i think you had the nationals pegged for fourth so do you have the phillies for third
0: renee that's what i uh
1: pardon me so i i've got them I,
3: i've got them i've got them a little bit ahead of of washington i think part of it is my washington hate um i think they're gonna be teams (laughs) yeah no i i I heard you guys completely uh but i really think erinola wheeler isn't gonna be as bad as we all think they are um i i think there's something about something to be said about injuries and the whole thing and and i don't know it's a cop-out but i i feel like the Phillies,
1: uh, Suck. <laughs> by the way, if you're in the comments, please uh, make your case for the Phillies. I'm curious. If yeah, anyone...
3: I, 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 I think they're going to be, I, I think they're going to be okay.
1: I think they're going to be better than Washington. I think
3: they're going to surprise, but it's not, I, I, what are we, we're splitting hairs here the 80, 80 wins, 82 wins. 83 wins I mean after 162 games I, I don't want to be the one that argues you know one team is better than the other on account of three or one or two three games uh, in the standing so um, if you're asking me who's going to finish ahead of them you know who's going to finish ahead of uh, you know between the Phillies and, and Washington I think it's going to be the Phillies but uh, I think the ballpark plays okay just given kind of how they're hitting and and how they're set up but I I, I don't see them being great or being in the in the wild card discussion anytime after the All Star game.
0: Check this out. Check this out. Phillies and I think Andrew nailed it. The way they spend money sucks. Check this out. The Phillies are slated to spend 177 million dollars this season. I'm gonna give you the top five players. Ready? Bryce Harper is number one. Everybody knows he's getting 27 million and he's still underpaid if you ask me. Right. Number two is Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler's getting paid $22.5 million this season. After that, are you ready for this shit? Andrew McCutcheon's making $20 million. (laughs) Dean Segura's is making $14.5 million, and Didi Gregorius is making $13 million. That's a shitty way to spend money. Andrew McCutcheon's making $20 million in 2021.
1: They're making the 2016 playoffs. They got that going for them.
0: This is um, And I, I'm going to write Sandra all year about this team being so bad. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> She's going to blog me. She's going to delete my check, name. Check
2: out my comment. I don't know if the comment came up already, but yeah, we yeah. met for the first time, me and Sandra and Wendy and everybody. We met for the first time in AC. And she bragged so much about the Phillies beating the Yankees in spring training. I'm like, (laughs) what? (laughs) It's a little
1: thing sometimes. The Yankees in four games last year. While the Yankees went on to the playoffs and the Phillies once again missed it for like however many years in a row it's been, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm
0: going to repeat. I'm going to repeat this Wheeler is getting $22.5 million, Andrew McCutcheon is making $20 million.
1: It's bad, bad short term and long term because their farm system's not even fantastic. You know, if you're a team like this, you need that next push, they don't have it. Andrew O'Sullivan sums up nicely. Phillies are kind of like the Angels. They're the East Coast Angels, spend money in all the wrong places. They've never built up their farm team. They never got the core that they needed from their farm. I just, it's, it's not good. Let's move on. I tell on. you,
0: if they want to, they want to, you know, restock their farm system. I'm sure the Yankees got a few guys they can throw their way for Aaron Nolan.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Nolan got the Severino contract the same offseason. <laughs> uh it hasn't really worked out for either team. But well,
0: he, um actually he got less. He got four year 45.
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the Marlins. Maybe the surprise of baseball last year. Thank you, small sample size. Thirty-one and twenty-nine. They made the playoffs. They won a round of the playoffs because they were blessed enough to uh, play the Cubs, who did their annual (laughs) October dance, and uh, they finished just four games behind the Braves. Again, over sixty games. Here's what's funny. Two games over 500, a negative 41 run differential, which would rank you third worst in the NL. (laughs) And they made the playoffs last year. They are the definition of small sample size, nine and 14 against teams over 500. And uh, I mean, here here are your Marlins, man. I, I talked about how some teams are more, Impacted by the short season and others, that this Marlins team is a last place team dressed up as a second place playoff team based on the 60 game season. And for that reason alone, I know that there's major, major regression over 162 coming for them. But let's go through their offseason very Marlins like. They added Adam Duvall and Anthony Bass, um, Ross Detweiler and Gio Gonzalez. Those were the really big signings they lost in the arena. And um, and then they also lost Kinsler, Stanick, Nick Vincent, Matt Joyce. I don't know why Nick Vin- Nick Vincent's there, but um, <laughs> and Drew Steckenrider. So <laughs> it's it's a last place team. I don't think we have to spend too much time on the Marlins. It, look, they've got good pieces. I still like their farm system. Uh, you've got Bladé and Jazz Chisholm's going to be starting. He was just named the starter. They, you know, help is on the way. This is another Obama team um but it's not there yet and this team's not going to compete in the division like this uh they are the best candidate to lose 90 games so i'll give them the benefit, benefit of the doubt i'll say to lose 89 and uh and that's where it's at for me they are a last place team by default and great for don mattingly and his team last year just getting some exposure in in some fortunate circumstances but this team's not going to be competing this year anyone disagree with
0: that i don't disagree at all i will say one thing I do like about this Marlins teams is what they're doing with their rotation. I think they're bringing up all their young guys and then letting them get their shit now. I will tell you the Marlins will have the best rotation in two years.
1: Uh, the future is a whole, whole different story. Uh, Pablo
0: Lopez, 25 years old. Sixto Sanchez, 22. Sandy Alcantara, 24. Eliza Hernandez, 25. That rotation in a couple of years is going to be the best rotation in baseball. Those guys are nasty and they're coming and I like that they're just bringing them up and letting them get their innings and letting them get their shit rocked out of them. They're gonna finish last place for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, this is a this is an audition year. Uh, but I, like, I is-
0: do like what they're doing. Let, let me. They've acquired a ton of talent since Derek Jeter, the goat, took over the team. Um, they've made some smart trades. They've loaded that farm system. They've got a shit ton of international spending money. They're doing it the right way.
1: And the Yankees will go 500 against them, guaranteed, even if they're a last place team, even if the Yankees win 100 games, it doesn't matter. They'll go 500 against them. Um, Yeah, it's a team. this is a team that's going to be scary, I think, in a few years. And they're one of those under-the-radar ones. We talk about the Padres a lot. We talk about the White Sox a lot and the futures that those teams have. We even hear a lot about the Orioles and what they're building. We don't hear that much about the Marlins, and I think it's a mistake because they're building around pitching, which in that ballpark they should. I know it's more of a hitter's park now, but I'd still build around pitching if I'm the Marlins. And that lineup is going to be a lot different in a couple of years. It's got a good mix right now of veteran leadership and and young talent, and it's going to be more towards young talent with some good hitters coming up. Um, I love the future of the Marlins. I don't love them this year at all. I do.
3: I do want to touch on something here. Uh, Mingna first uh, female uh, GM, I believe um i remember when we signed brody i was one of the first or the only people who wanted ming not our general manager uh, when she was available and uh i think that is a very that's something that won't bear fruit for a couple of years but i think it will soon enough to, to hangry's point the future's the future we don't know but she's uh, f- from everything i've read about her she is one of the brightest baseball minds in the sport and uh kudos to Derek Dieter for, you know, signing her and giving her the opportunity
1: uh, to be a general manager. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, Marlon saying doing Marlon's things meant something entirely different five years ago. Um, They are headed in the right direction. Now they're doing stuff that I think is impressive. They're, they're, it was very controversial when they did things like traded Yellich and traded Stan. And you can argue they didn't get g- the greatest returns they could for the talent that they had then, but the direction they're going and the way they've handled this organization, the future outlook, the farm system evaluation, all of that very bright future. Um, so, I, I, you know, this isn't the year though. We do all have them in last, right? Because oh yeah. by my math, yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, let's finish up the NL East here. That is the Atlanta Braves division, defending division champs. They came within a game of the World Series. Any other city sports team, they would have finished that series. Dodgers don't win the World Series, but because it's Atlanta, they blow a 3 one uh, lead <laughs> And they lose seven. It's what the Braves do. They're never going to escape it in my book ever. But this year, they're good again. Um, definitely have to be, I would think, the odds-on favorite to win the division again. Their offseason, pretty good. They add Drew Smiley, for what it's worth, probably to too much money, given how the rest of the offseason played out. He was like the first player I remember being signed. Um, they add Charlie Morton, who, you know, I think he's still got something left in the tank. They add Jason Kipnis, nice veteran, veteran guy to have. Um, they didn't really lose much. Like Darren O'Day might be their biggest offseason loss, and that's not a tremendous loss. This is a team, Henry, that you look at their depth chart and uh, it's there, there aren't a whole lot of weaknesses. I mean, you go through the Braves here. Um, the bullpen for a long time was an issue. I think last year they might have actually shored that up. And by shored that up, you can combine it with the fact that the rotations become so good that it makes up for a lot of what the bullpen does. But look at the rotation. Freed, Morton, Dean Anderson, all in it. Uh, Soroka, again, battling some back that's got to scare you a little bit. And then Drew Smiley, that fifth starter, I think he could be solid. Bullpen, you've got Minter and Martin and Tom and Will Smith. Uh, and then, of course, the lineup we know is deadly. Um, you know, they've got the back. I thought that was huge for them. Uh, no DH kind of screwed them over, so he's going to have to try and play the field and not rupture something like Eloy Jimenez did his AL counterpart. part. Uh, so... That's maybe a downside. But other than that, I mean, this team is built very, very well. I think it is definitively the third best team in the NL. I think it is definitively the best team in the NL East. I think it is definitively going to win the division. And I think it's going to definitively lose and choke in the playoffs like they always do. So that's where I'm at. Uh, Let's kick it over to you, Henry. What are your thoughts on the Braves?
0: I agree with almost everything you said. I love what they did with their rotation, but I don't think it's more than the Mets did. Um, I do like what they did with their bullpen. They, they stocked their bullpen with a lot of guys. Um, what I don't like is they never upgraded third base. They either couldn't or they're putting all their faith in Austin Riley. I don't know which one it is, but they did bring back Osuna, which was huge. You can't find a better middle line of order than Osuna, Freeman, and Acuna. I'm sorry. Then there's no way Ozzy Albies is going to be as bad as he was. So. I feel, and I said earlier, I think Ozzy Alves is going to be the comeback player of the year. That kid is nasty. That kid is raw. And you add him to that three, four, five of Osuna, Freeman, and um, Acuna, and that's a deadly team. I think they win the division. I don't think it's it's easy. I think uh, I think the Mets pushed them all the way to the last week. Honestly, I, I see it coming down to the last week of the season. I do give the ace to the Braves. Um, I think they win the division by a few games and and they do what they do in the playoffs, which, you know, <clears throat> they choke when, you know, when everything's on the line. That's what they do.
1: Sure is. How about you, Renee? You have had a, an up-close look now for decades of the Braves choking. What are your thoughts on the Atlanta Braves? Um, I God,
3: I hate, I, if there's a team I hate more than <laughs> –
1: it's just historically
3: it's the Braves. Just I, I get flashbacks from with like, the nineties and Fred McGriff and all that. Um so I, I would definitely say that they are the, the favorite. Um I think just everybody knows they are probably the best team in in the NL East. I will say this though, and, and to Henry Henry and, and, and Vince's point, I think the Mets are gonna push them so hard that's just gonna knock the starch out of them in the playoffs. I mean, if it depends on, you know, I think the Mets are better in a one game playoff than the Braves would, and the Braves know that, and they have to push really hard to make sure the Mets don't catch him. Um, and because of that, I think that they have to drive, you know, Soroka a little harder than they would normally, uh, especially coming out of, uh, off of uh, his, his Tommy John. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're going to be successful in the playoffs, but, I, I mean, they're the favorite in, in the regular season, and, and there's something to be said for that.
0: I, I have a prediction because, you know, I love giving predictions and, and hot takes. I think the Mets push the Braves so much that the Braves give up three of their four 100 guys and go get Jose Ramirez. I
1: will shit my pants, and I said this last week, if – Braves do anything remotely thrilling to put themselves in as a World Series favorite like trade for Jose Ramirez?
0: I think Jose Ramirez on that team is absolutely perfect.
1: He is. He absolutely is. That's why they're not going to do it because it'll cost too much and it'll put them over the edge and it's not going to happen for that reason. It would be a brilliant. I mean, he is such a perfect fit on that team.
0: I say the Mets push them enough where they make that move by the trade deadline.
1: Look, if the Mets... Win the wild card, the Braves don't win the World Series. Mets fans can take credit for the Braves being so hard that they give up half their farm system and still don't win the World Series. This is a great season if you're a Mets fan. <laughs> I mean, that you can't ask for a better uh, step forward year if you're the Mets, if you can do that to the Braves. I don't think that's all going to happen. I think it's more, I look at it like Max Fried and Ian Anderson threw until their arms came out of the sockets last year i think we need to take that into account yes it was a short season but if they ever do anything like they did last october again i would be delighted Uh, that was some of the most fantastic pitching i've ever seen they single-handedly carried that team through two rounds of the playoffs by just being utterly dominant and being left in there forever um that worries me even with a short 2020 these are young arms who pitched deep into the playoffs so that that time off from late October until a regular starting period is still not as long as normal guys get. They usually get an extra month to rest their young arms. And now you're asking them to pitch a full season. Of course they won't. I mean, they're going to have an innings limit, but those are the things I look at it from the Braves that that's where the weaknesses are is what do you, what are you going to get from those guys if they hit their actual rookie wall in their second year, because it's their first full season. Something to worry about, and they're not going to make that big move at the deadline. They're just not going to do it, whether it's a starter or whether it's Jose Ramirez.
0: I think they do it. I think it gives them the best infield in baseball. I think it gives them the best defensive infield in baseball. That's my thing. I'm I'm saying Jose Ramirez to the Braves. That's my big trade at the deadline.
1: I like that. Um, I'm I'm catching up on the – on the comments here we got pedro listening in i'm happy to hear that hello to ozzy Keen jr um i'm listening to the show right now mainly to troll about the yankees it looks like but i'll allow it
0: um man he was supposed to man look ozzy check your messages man we were supposed to do some stuff together well that's i'll leave it there
1: (laughs) (laughs) so um and he came in right on right on the NL East talk. We just finished the Marlins. I like that. I respect that. I just nice.
2: uh, I just saw a comment here uh, from Andrew um O'Sullivan. How about a Mets uh, Padres wild? Uh, what was it was a wild card uh, game. That would yeah. be wild. I, <laughs> yeah. I think that is as
1: much of a lock for a wild card matchup as we're going to get. I don't think there's an AO one that's more obvious. Yeah. Um, that's that would what it be. be. You bad. get what DeGrom versus uh oh,
0: look and there's remember, I've been arguing for more than a one-game wild card. Then you know, I, I want three games in a wild card, and, and you get that three, matchup, yes. and you want that in three games.
1: Yeah, let's rant about that real quick. Two things about the playoffs. Um, one is that if you're not going to expand it to a 14 or 16 like we saw last year at the 16, you should at least have a three-game first round like they did last year. And two is please (laughs) reseed or at least take seeding into account. It's the only sport that doesn't do it. So we're going to get stuck again with maybe the two best teams in baseball playing each other in the first round in the NLDS first full round um, in the brave in the Dodgers and, and Padres. It's criminal every single time. We saw it in 2018 with the Yankees Red Sox. We saw it when the the NL Central had like three teams that won 96 or 98 plus games, whatever it was. They all had to beat the shit out of each other. I don't understand what – there's no advantage whatsoever to MLB at least. You can say if you win the division you get an automatic playoff spot, but why – are they automatically the three seed if you're the worst division winner and you finish 10 games worse than the best wild card? It makes I no mean sense.
0: You want to massage the matchup so you get the best possible matchups in NLCS. And yeah,
1: yeah, I understand. Hey, you want to make them play a one game playoff because they didn't win the division? I get it. But once they win that one game playoff, they have no business playing the best team in the next round. It makes no sense. And again, we're gonna have to suffer. Hopefully, that's fixed in the next CBA and with we'll an expanded playoff, Because I think both are, are uh, coming. But anyway, that's my quick rant. That is it for the NL East. I think we all have the Braves to wrap it up, winning the the division. Is that correct? That's
0: it. I think yeah. The same order, don't we? No, we don't have the same order. Nope. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think I'm the weirdo uh, who put uh, the Phillies ahead of the
1: Washington. I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy, but you know, Sandra, Sandra mm-hmm. knocks it down to spot for me. So
0: it's crazy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there we are. So thank you, Renee, for joining us. Uh, thank you for your insight thank on the East. And for thank our- you guys
3: for having me. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait
1: for your rant on the Yankees in a couple of, uh, minutes, Vince, <laughs> if you're just joining us, <laughs> we're moving over to the AL East. So, uh, this show is going to be another four hours. As we break it down, um, let's go right into it. We uh, we can do this. I have faith that we can get to the Yankees by like 830. Uh, let's start with, this was surprising to me, last place team last year. I had completely forgotten the Red Sox were so bad last year, but they really were one of the worst teams in baseball.
0: Can we just get five and four? I mean, it's going to be the same five and four this year. <laughs>
1: I, that's our first disagreement. Uh, Red Sox 24 and 36 melded into a degree, negative 59 run differential. They deserved all of the score and they got 11 and 20 at home. Very un Red Sox like 13 and 26 against teams over 500. And need I remind you, they were 1 and 9 against the Yankees. And the year before wasn't much prettier. So they have been completely and utterly dominated by the Yankees in particular, but also were really bad last year. Probably for the high draft pick. Um, that would give you the third worst run differential in the AL. It, it gives you last place, worst run differential by far in the AL East. Their offseason, I would define as interesting, <laughs> intriguing maybe. They lose Jackie Bradley Jr. That's not a big loss on this show. We've been saying he's overrated for years. Uh, he goes and signs with the Brewers. They gain Garrett Richards if he's healthy, which is a major, 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 major if. I think there's some potential there. Martin Perez comes back. Matt Andrees joins him. Marwin Gonzalez joins Kiko Kike Hernandez joins him. Kevin McCarthy, I don't even know who that is, joins him on a minor league deal. Hunter Renfro joins them. Jose Peraza leaves. This is a lot of shit changing hands. And I mean that literally. It is just a lot of just names moving places. Um, Red Sox weren't very good last year. They do get Chris Sale back. I think that's probably the biggest storyline. They do get Eduardo Rodriguez back, although he's already banged up. Um, let's start there, Henry, because Eduardo Rodriguez and Chris Sale coming back healthy is a game-changer for the Red Sox, if it happens.
0: Yeah, but Chris My Sale problem, come back to what? We're talking July, maybe?
1: Chris Sale got his Tommy John, I think, in, like, March. So we're probably looking at, like, My late own- June. He's kind of a freak health wise. So he could, it wouldn't surprise me if he came back in like that 14 month bare minimum that you can be effective and come back and be in a major league game.
0: Their biggest acquisition in the offseason was Alex Cora.
1: Yeah, fair point. They get Alex Cora back.
0: They bring back the manager. They get Marlon Gar- Gonzalez. I, I, I don't like this team one bit. I mean, you they can hit. The middle of the order is, is Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, and J.D. Martinez. That's pretty damn nasty. They have no bullpen. They have no rotation. That rotation is full of question marks. You don't know when Chris Sale's coming back and what you get when he comes back. Eduardo Rodriguez, who had COVID issues, which led to heart issues, I believe, and now he's hurt. Nathan Eovaldi, who's had a history of, of issues who shouldn't even be in a ro- any rotation. He should be in the bullpen. There's nothing about this Red Sox team that I like one bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Bobby Dalback is on the team, which the fans said will be the AL uh, Rookie of the Year, which is also laughable. I Bobby. like Bobby Dalback. Kid hits a ton of home runs, strike out a ton. He's not going to be the AL Rookie of the Year.
1: Well, I'll say this about Bobby Dalback. He's a smart guy, uh, smart hitter. He, he's like Aaron Judge in that regard. I'll always defend him a little bit because I think he has the power to adjust and lower that K-Zone, that K-Rate. Now his K rate was over 30%. That's not I good. I think
0: it was closer to I it think was. it was over 40%. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was it was basically an earned judge in 2016 in that call up he had. Um that's uh can he pull a judge? Yeah, sure, maybe. But to think he's the odds on rookie of the year favorite, I wouldn't rank him in my top three. Um plays good defense, probably starting at first. That kicks Chavez out of the starting lineup. Kike Hernandez, listen. I mean, look, the Red Sox aren't there yet. I think we can leave it at that. Nate of all these pitching Opening Day, like you said, Henry. He should have been their closer last year. He should be their closer again this year for both his health and his effectiveness. They get Adam Ottavino. Good luck. I have no idea what Ottavino is at this juncture. I don't know if I don't know what it is about Ottavino, but that slider just disappears eventually every year.
0: I think he's more valuable to them than he was to us.
1: Yeah, I, I think they'll get more out of him than, than we did. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, legit on a human level, not a our tribal level, worries me. Um, I think that whatever is going on with him physically is not something I just poo-poo as a 2020 problem. He, he, there's some, there's some red flags there. I'm concerned about his health at a major league level. It's not like we haven't seen freak stuff like this happen. Um, he is one of those. If he comes back healthy and effective, I'll believe it. it. It's not a guy, again, going to fantasy, I would draft this year solely because I don't, I, it's not a given he's going to come back healthy or effective or both. Ivaldi, um, again, we talked about should be in there. And the rest of it is just total flyers. Garrett Richards, if he stays healthy, he's never healthy. Martin Perez is utter garbage. Um, never
0: healthy. Trash.
1: And Nick Pavetta, I love his arm, but the guy, is a complete complete question mark you have no idea what you're going to get from him
0: yeah you do you get a guy that should be in the bullpen is what you should get
1: <laughs> you, you get a guy who could strike out 13 one night and then he could walk 13 the next night
0: take away um, one of his pitches and put him in the bullpen and be a dominant reliever I, yeah Pavetta and Nivaldi
1: in the bullpen is not a bad idea and speaking of the bullpen you got Barnes you got Adovino you've got the Japanese import Sawamura and Hernandez good arm um, so far I haven't seen anything but a blazing fastball I don't know what his second pitch really is Ryan Brazier has been brazier has been good I don't know how long that's going to last and then after that it's it's more guesses so they have some arms forming and if you get sale and Eduardo back like I said it's a huge difference in the future but that future is not this year they'll be mailing it in I think by the time sales back to his dominant self if it happens You can start to think a little bit about 2022, especially because they're going to have money coming off the book, or they have money off the books. They can spend big the next two winters. I don't think this team's ready until 2023. That's my personal opinion. And that's if they rebuild correctly again.
0: I don't disagree, which is why I don't have a clue in my mind why Alex Corr would go back here. There's nothing there for them.
1: Yeah, well, hey. Uh according to Red Sox fans, this guy was gonna make any team a World Series contender every year and then it was easily might, just
0: look. I've yeah. been telling you guys about Alex and Joey Cora as managers for a few years now. He's very good, very good manager, very good baseball mind. I look, he got caught up in the scandal. He had a chance to not come back to this organization. I don't see why anyone would come back to this organization at this point in time with the way that organization is set up. There's nothing there.
1: Yeah. Yeah we'll see Um, he's more likely to be a scapegoat especially in Boston they have a history of making their manager the scapegoat he's more likely to be a scapegoat than a hero at this juncture and
0: a Puerto Rican manager in Boston
1: yeah and he is the manager of probably the greatest Red Sox team ever so uh, he could have walked into the sunset with that but whatever Uh, I don't have the Red Sox coming last I think they're going to come in fourth this year I, I think they I
0: have them in fourth uh, a
1: better, a little bit more health, a little bit more guys trying. JD Martinez gets his video replays back. Uh, I like that. What is you have them in last or fourth? Oh, I,
0: I have them in fourth as well.
1: Okay. Um let's move on to the next team. This is the Baltimore Orioles. So let's flip-flop them because I've got them in last this year. Yeah, uh, same, this in- four uh, this
0: isn't five would be the same, the same two teams.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just flip-flop. Orioles 25 and 35. Now, the Orioles had like a hot two weeks to start the season, and people were like, oh, my God, and then they became the Orioles. Lost 7 of 10, negative 20 run differential, so you can argue they are a little unlucky with 10 games under 500. Um, But, again, fluky season, small sample sizes, that could have easily turned into negative 200 by the end of the year. Um, 11 and 26 against teams over 500. That's probably all I need to know. Uh, for my sample size and maybe the least amount of transactions this side of the pirates it's not very much they gained Mikel franco i don't know what he is at this point in his career uh hanser alberto leaves freddie galvis in renato nunez out um, asher nunez was, comes that
0: back. Nunez wasn't that bad for them
1: yeah no i liked him um matt harvey is their uh opening day starter i think some uh, chris brit was excited about that our our token orioles fan now that noah penrod's deactivated
0: Uh, and then then you got can we call him robin now or we still gotta call him the dark
1: knight uh yeah good point i'm not sure um Cole Stewart leaves and Felix Hernandez what's left of him is back so again not really much going on my thing here is I think if you go over a full season you're going to get full regression from the Orioles the farm system is not ready yet um are this is a bad team (laughs) this is a bad team and it's very likely teams like the Yankees and Blue Jays are just going to beat the hell out of them all year long with this pitching staff John Means, Matt Harvey, Bruce Zimmerman, Dean Kramer, who for some reason owns the Yankees, and Jorge Lopez. Uh, these guys have better names as stand-up comedians than starting pitchers. Uh,
0: Leon nailed it. That's his nickname. Harvey Dent. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's, a, that's a good one. Nailed it. That's a good one. Um, absolutely agree with these early comments, by the way. Ryan Mountcastle's a stud. Uh that's he's he's like the Gary Sanchez of the Orioles, and that he's that first piece that comes up, and you're like, Whoa, this farm system could be pretty good. Yeah, that it, can't,
0: I, I don't think he misses. I, I don't, I think he's a can't miss guy.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, and I, I like him. He's definitely, he is a way, way more realistic rookie of the year candidate than Bobby Dahlbeck. If you look at their hitting profiles.
0: Um, we will give our uh, opinions later on in the week.
1: Yes, and welcome back, Trey Mancini battled cancer last year. He's back. He is uh, starting first base, as far as I know, for the Orioles.
0: Yankee killer Trey Mancini
1: Absolutely murders the Yankees. Uh, Pedro Severino, I feel like. I mean, this is a team that does have a lot of Yankee killers. Unfortunately, all of their pitchers, except aforementioned Dean Kramer, seem to also be killed by the Yankees. So it doesn't work out well for them, usually. Dylan Tate, old speaking of the Yankees, uh in the bullpen over there Tanner Scott is the closer according to ESPN I'll believe it when I see it Paul Fry I mean this is they don't have they're not a good team they're not good pitching they do they can hit they I think they have a lot of young guys who are who can hit are pesky they play the game the right way so to speak um and then of course Mount Castle, the beginning of what will be a line in the future but that future is not right now Orioles are bad, really bad pitching, really bad pitching in a hitter's park, in a hitter's division, in a hitter's league. It's a bad combination.
0: I agree. You can't disagree. This team sucks. Um, Yeah. What I do like about them is they have five top 100 prospects, if you include Ryan Munkasso. Another thing I like is Chris Davis, $17 million this year, $17 million last year, and then we can close the books on the worst contract in baseball history. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, I will, they're I just gonna they're just gonna tank all season. They just they they put bad players out and they're gonna get bludgeoned in this division. Um, Adley Rutschman, number two, I think number two ranked overall prospect in the MLB top 100. So you may see him soon. You know Severino keeping the seat warm until he's ready. But uh, Grayson Rodriguez, D. L. Hall, they got some guys coming for sure. And and like we spoke about the Marlins, the O's will make some noise in the in the years to come. But this ain't it. I
1: don't think they're a 100-loss team, but I do think they are a 98, 99. I think they're going to challenge it. I don't think they're going to get to it.
0: You know, I I want to say they're a 100-loss team, but they every year they end up, you know, getting the Yankees for a good number of games. They get the Rays for a good number of games. It's it's weird what happens within the division, but this is about as close to a 100-loss team as you're going to get in this division.
1: Yeah, uh, really in in the AL, they're going to be a bottom three or four AL team for sure somewhere in in that ranking. So there's the Orioles. Now we move on to another media and we fan have, darling. We
0: both, awesome. we both have the same five, same four then.
1: Yes. Red, uh, Orioles fifth, Red Sox fourth. Now we move on to the Blue Jays. Uh, last year, third place team. We might continue to see a trend as we go through this AL East here but uh, that's a little tease. Now let's get to the Blue Jays of this year. So the Orioles last year, I mean, I'm sorry, the Blue Jays last year, 32 and 28, they finished above 500. They made the playoffs as the eighth seed. They lost in the first round uh, to the Rays, although, you know, you couldn't expect more than that. They, a negative 10 run differential. Keep that in mind a little bit. 12 and 15 against teams over 500. Now their offseason, I think was very polarizing because, they were in. They were in on a lot of players this offseason. Yeah. They were like that team. Yeah,
0: they back to um, everybody, every free, every big free agent. They oh, Blue Jays making an offer. Blue Jays making a push. You're right. They were, there was a lot of that. Yeah, there was always
1: that one, maybe two teams in the offseason where they're like, they might sign everyone, and they sign like one guy. Um, and the Blue Jays signed Dirk Springer. That was their guy. They uh. Off-season moves. Let's see it. No, they did more than that. They signed Kirby Yates. He's probably out forever. <laughs> so, he didn't work. They signed Marcus Simeon. Nice signing for them. They signed George Springer. They lose Walker, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, Tyler Chatwood they signed. Cubs fans somewhere are smiling. Springer, by the way, yes, oblique injury. So he's also hurt. So that doesn't help. Oof, uh
0: regretted Nat- oblique.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lingering injury, um, just like we'll get to a Yankee who I'll talk about later with lingering injuries. They lose Villar. Robbie Ray, I believe, is also hurt, although he stays. Lariano has returned at 37 years old for what was supposed to be a major offseason. Right now, it's Springer and Simeon, which adds to an already good offense. And not, I mean, I mean, pitching was their biggest problem, and they didn't address it. <laughs> they got David Phelps. Um, It's that's the Achilles heel in my mind. Uh, This team, you got Ryu as the ace. I don't consider him an ace in the AL, but he's definitely a a front end of the rotation guy. Numbers wise, Robbie Ray is the two starter and he's hurt. Tanner Rorick has been getting bludgeoned this spring is the three starter. Steven Matz who could, would not crack the Mets rotation is the four starter and Nate Pearson, plenty of upside struggled and got hurt last year. He's, Still hurt as far as I know. Um, number five guy. It's a bad rotation, not even just like there, there isn't a lot of upside in my mind, unless Pearson becomes an ace and Ryu stays healthy and they get more help. Um, bullpen, you've got Romano closing, and then Chatwood Phelps, Baruchy, Trent Thornton, Rafael Dolis. I mean, it, it's a lot of upside arms, I think. I actually kind of like the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Pitching's bad. Rotation's bad, but they have an offense that can kill you. Uh, Danny Jensen with Alejandro Kirk, who's a pretty good backup. Uh, platoon guy, if you will. Rowdy Tellez is going to back up Vlad. That's a really good combo, too. Marcus Semyon is, you know, Cavan Biggio. Bo Bichette, Lords Gariel, who absolutely murders the Yankees. Tiesco Hernandez, who absolutely murders the Yankees. George Springer, who doesn't murder the Yankees, but everyone wants to think he murders the Yankees. And, uh, and then Telez is the DH. So what do you make of this, Henry? I've got my opinions on the Blue Jays as it pertains to the Yankees, and then I've got my opinions on the Blue Jays as a team. But what are your thoughts?
0: I think that this is one of the better offenses in all of baseball. I think this team will hit their way to a wild card spot. Um, I think this team will just hit their way out of a lot of bad pitching. I'm not a fan of their rotation at all. I like their bullpen a lot more with the healthy Kirby Yates. I think that's a big, big, big loss for them. Um, not a fan of their rotation. I like Ryu. I, I'm higher on Ryu than you are. Um, I like him there. I mean, he's been nothing but successful. He's been nothing but dominant since he's, you know, pitched in the majors. Nate Pearson, I love him. Injured already. He's going to be on an innings limit. Robbie Ray, I like. Guy's always injured. Steven Matz, I have no idea why they went out and got him. I don't Me get Stephen Matz. On this team, in this division, I don't get it. I don't like it. Tanner Roark, Again, another guy who never pitches enough innings. Arms always doing something funky. Ross Stripling. These, these names aren't appealing to me. Uh, they have Anthony K coming. You know, what's he going to give you? Um, I will say that the Blue Jays will absolutely hit their way to a ton of wins. And, and I think that offense will carry them enough to get them into the playoffs. But I do love the addition of Simeon. I love it even more that he's playing second base and not shortstop. Um, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, I, I really, really dig that infield.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really I mean this is a good lineup. We uh Rob has predicted that the Jays are gonna have a winning record against the Yankees, which my school I they hit the Yankees really well. And last year they played really well against the Yankees as well. Yeah, um
0: pretty
1: well. yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean, this is the thing. The, two thoughts on the, on the Blue Jays, the way they're constructed. One is I'm totally with you, Henry. A good offense makes you more likely to make the playoffs, in my mind, over a dominant rotation with a bad offense. Um, that's what the Blue Jays have. I think that their offense is designed to give them a very high floor. You have a very high floor. You have a good chance of making the playoffs. We've seen that with the Yankees when they run into a ton of injuries <laughs> in that they can still hit their way into the playoff spot. So they've got that going for them. And that also happens to be Yankees struggle with, they are really bad against elite offenses from, from just maybe it's anecdotal. That's what I, the white Sox, kill them. The Jays, kill them. The Astros kill them. Um, those are teams who always have good offenses. They can beat teams who have good pitching and, and mediocre offenses. So Jays head to head with the Yankees, I think could be a major pain in the ass. Wouldn't surprise me if they won nine, 10, 11 games this year against them. Um, Jays as a team, I think are pretty overrated by media and by fans and really by offseason. They really didn't do much this offseason except add two bets to an already good offense. But there's diminishing returns at a certain point. You can only have so good of an offense. (laughs) Their offense improved, but I don't think it's reached. I, I don't even know if this offense is going to outperform, say, the Yankees offense. And I don't think the pitching is close And now we're at the point where we have to start talking about division, you know, Orioles and Red Sox aren't winning the division. Jays, some people are going to pick them. This is now what we have to start dissecting. Um, Blue Jays have a bullpen that could be good. I think it was pretty good last year. Mm -hmm. That rotation is the worst by far, I think, of the three teams vying for the division. And it's not close. And for that reason, I think the Jays are going to stay right where they are in third place. And then you're talking wild card, which we'll talk more about this on Wednesday, but in our minds, based on our previous picks, they're going to be competing with the White Sox, they're going to be competing with the Astros, they're going to be competing with the Indians, um, and they're going to be competing with, with whoever we pick for second place here. So, should be interesting. They're definitely a playoff contender. Um, whether they were a team that was above 500 by the end of the last year, I think they're kind of in the White Sox boat like that. I don't know that they were, although they did finish the season playing well. I think they're a 500 team that got better into the mid to high 80s is where I'd put them and third place, but only because the top two teams at least are really, really good. <laughs> so that's kind of my analysis.
0: I also love what their infield is, man. You have three guys that can play shortstop third base and second base. What
1: uh, I
0: do, it's what the I best don't like, What I don't like is Bizio is not going to give you the offense you want from third base. Yeah, you know, Bizio was penciled in to play second. Then they got Simeon. You know they were, they, they were going. Yeah, they were going after everyone for third base. They were in on Arenado. They were in on every third baseman that was on the market. There was even talks about Simeon playing third base instead of second. Um, yeah, I, I like what they did. I actually have them finishing second in this division though, because that offense is just too deadly.
1: Okay. Well, you you have them second and a wild card, right?
0: I have them second. I'll save the wild card for Wednesday.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. And the only other thing I'll say, same disclaimer I gave out to the White Sox, same disclaimer I gave out to the 2018 Yankees. Uh, Young bats are not always linear in development. So if you're going to see, and now Vlad did not break out last year. He may break out this year, so it could balance out. But a guy like
0: I'm sorry to cut you off. You also don't have to worry about Vlad's defensive issues because they properly moved him to first base in DH.
1: Agreed. That was a smart move. Um, A guy like Bo Bichette, if he regresses a little bit this year and then recovers in 2022, just saying, not going to shock me. I wouldn't hang my hat on it, but it's something that wouldn't shock me. Um, So yeah. Now, if you wanted to talk me into the Jays one way or another finishing in second, I can believe it, but I I'm going to, Firmly put them in third. That's my my decision.
2: Uh, now
1: we move on to <laughs> we're gonna break protocol for a little bit <laughs> here. Uh I want to discuss the Rays before the Yankees for obvious reasons. Rays finished 40 and 20 last year. They went to the World Series. Absolute juggernaut, no matter how you slice it. Even a 60-game season, winning 40 out of 60 games in any stretch is amazing. Uh finished winning eight of 10. Swept the Jays, beat the Yankees, hung on to beat the Astros. I think they gave the Dodgers a fight. Um, I wouldn't say they were pushovers by any means. They lost in six, and they really could have won one or two of those games that they didn't. Plus, sixty run differential, twenty nine at home, twenty eleven on the road, twenty one and nine against teams over five hundred. They own the Yankees, their main rival last year. They had a lot going for them last year. Now, the offseason we get to maybe a little bit of a different story. Obviously the trade Blake Snell, that was a big, big story. They lose Charlie Morton. That was also a big story. Those are two of their three guys. Now the way the Rays are built for those of you don't follow us closely is run prevention and pitching. They lost two of their three best starters. I don't care what kind of farm system or pitching development you have. That is not good. (laughs) That's not a positive. I don't think you can just make up those two guys in particular in one year overnight. That said, they do have the best farm system in baseball um, their triple a team are five guys who can be in the majors this year that it's, it's, there's no retreads down there those are guys with upside their off season besides Snell and Morton um, they gain Rich Hill <laughs> it's the race who knows maybe they can get something out of him um, they lose Darren loop they gain Michael Walker who again maybe they can get something out of him they lose Hunter Renfro they gain Colin McHugh and they gain Chris Archer So they added plenty of pitching. It's just none of those guys are the upside on paper to Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. First of all, Henry, what do we think about the the pitching going into this year? And second of all, what do you think of the Rays overall?
0: I think the Rays, every year I'm on the bandwagon and every year I've been right. I think this is the year I'm off the bandwagon. And I'm telling you guys that this team takes two steps back. They don't win the division. They fall in third place in my eyes. You can't lose two of your three best pitchers and replace them with okay guys and expect to have the same, you know, result. I just don't see it. You, you replace Blake Snell who could be considered a top five, top 10 pitcher in baseball and you replace them with Chris Archer, Michael Walker. Come on. that, that That's not appealing to me one bit. Um, they have guys coming, which is what they do. They, that, that system, they have Wando Franco coming in the system eventually. I mean, at some point, he's got to he's got to play. Where's he gonna play? I don't know, but they gotta make way for him. The kid is coming. He's real. Randy Rosareno. There's no way that kid is what we saw in the playoffs. I I just I'm not believing that. So, yeah. what, who's the real Randy Rosarino? Who's Austin Meadows? Austin Meadows went off in 19 and disappeared in 20. Yandy Diaz, I don't Yandy Diaz just completely faltered last year. Like he was good, he was bad. He disappeared at the end of the season. Had a great early season. Raise they they hit they raise they hit they play defense and they pitch right now I'm not a fan of that pitching I do like their bullpen but they leaned on that bullpen heavily 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 last year you're gonna see the ramifications of that this year I don't think that bullpen's gonna be that good I don't think that team is gonna be that good I have the Rays pencil in third place and One I'm probably the out. only person that said that that I've seen
1: yeah well your son agrees with you so
0: <laughs> there you good go man. good man. Um, <laughs> you
1: mentioned the bullpen being overworked. We saw Nick Anderson in the ALCS, of course, right after facing the Yankees. In the ALCS and World Series, he started to falter. Um, now he's hurt; he's out for a long time. So that's the first chip to fall. Look, I see it from two ways. I'd be a hypocrite if I wasn't concerned about the Rays' usage, because every single year I harp on this: you work these guys, you work these guys. Um, it's a risk. It's a risk for any World Series team, lose or win. The next season singles or the Dodgers but the Dodgers have so much depth that it almost doesn't matter this is why I feel a little differently about the Rays too Blake Snell is an excellent pitcher but he's a guy who goes five innings but
0: for that's the not Rays, that's not a Blake Snell problem that's a Tampa Bay Rays problem. No, I
1: think Blake Snell and the Padres should be excellent it is not against Blake Snell It's how do you replace him? And if you're replacing him on the Rays, you're you're talking about four or five innings. You're not talking about the six or seven he can probably go. And that's easier to replace. And that's what the Rays do is they don't value any of their starters at an elite level because they've got this formula where they're going to use nine relievers on any given time and eat those innings.
2: I,
0: and I don't think that's gonna last long. you 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 play that game, like you said, you go through the rotation two times and then here comes the bullpen. and you can't do that too long.
1: I think in the bigger picture, the rays are on the precipice of the future of this sport, for better or worse, because I don't really love it. I don't think it's entertaining. Um, I don't, I think the days of 200 inning guys are going to die with this generation and the Rays are the next version of Moneyball. Mm -hmm. If you can give three innings, if you can get through a rotation, a lineup twice, you are an ace in the future. And if you can pitch three, every three or four days doing that, that's going to be the value of the future. And the Rays have some bastardized version of that right now. They're moving towards that direction. It's the way, you know, small market teams are generally the innovative teams. You're seeing that with the Rays because they don't have a choice. This is what they do. It scares me as a Yankee fan because their system works and it's worked. Now to your point though, Henry, this is not a juggernaut franchise. They are not a team that every single year comes out and wins the division. And I don't think they've won the division back to back years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so can I see the, the fall off? Yes. And if it's a raise falling off, they might win 82 games. I think that it could be that much of a fall off. This was a team again to remind you that was on pace to win uh, over hundred games last year. If you, if you extrapolated it, that's a pretty big place to fall, but the raise can do it. If it's a transition year, they're certainly not going to be major buyers at a deadline. So, but they're also probably not major sellers because they don't have much to sell. So, In my mind, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I don't think for, I just can't fathom. If you can replace Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and still win the AL East, they've broken baseball. It's going to take years to overcome what they've built. I don't think they've reached that level.
0: I'm going to say it again Michael Walker, Chris Archer. If this is 2013, I'm excited about Michael Walker and Chris Archer. In 2021, (laughs) I'm
1: not. I get what you're saying. I think it's, it's a sum of all parts for me. And they've got plenty of weapons in the minors that can come up to and just start throwing innings and throwing it past people. It's just what they do. And what their we, defense on top of it is always yeah,
0: elite. So what we saw, what they did last year, two times in a rotation and then here comes the bullpen, here comes the long relief guy hit. That plays in a 60-game season. That's not playing in 162-game season. It's not. So yeah, I, the Dodgers was, were built. Last year, the Dodgers were built to do what they did all season in a 60-game season, I don't think the Tampa Bay Rays could have kept up that pace all, all year.
1: I um I agree. I, I think that they played it perfectly in that regard. I do okay. think, though, between, between AAA and the majors and the bullpen and the rotation, I think there's enough arms to get through a season. Remember, 2019, they won 96 games. This wasn't a team that just, like, took advantage of the 20 of the 2020 season and emerged out of nowhere. This was a really good team who was even better in a short season.
0: I do want to go to that comment you made about them giving the Dodgers a little bit of a fit. I think if Blake Snell stays in that game, the complete, everything Everything in that, everything in that, everything in that thing changes. And I think the Tampa Bay Rays are the the world series champion. I think that pulling Blake Snell cost them a world series. They had all the momentum in that game, all the momentum going into game seven. I think everything would have aligned perfectly. And it, I mean, it did align perfectly. The one thing that got them that far ended up biting them in the ass was, you know, the way they they use analytics.
1: I agree with all that. The only thing I'll say is I i think it would have definitely gotten them a game seven. Um, I still probably would have taken the Dodgers in a game seven only because they just, Dodgers were tested really all postseason, and they, they passed every test. Um, so I I would have given them the benefit of the doubt in that situation. The Rays were like the little engine that could. The Dodgers were like the juggernaut that defended.
0: It's funny. For that same reason, I think they would have lost, because they were challenged and they should have lost like, so many ways before they got to the World Series. They should have been knocked out twice. Yeah. And, you know, they, to their credit, they came back and did what they had to do. So I get it.
1: I also will say this about the Rays. They absolutely dominated their own division. It actually may play against them. They have to play the rest of baseball this year. Um, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for why they were so good against the Yankees and everyone else in that division. But I think that that's also going to hurt them a little bit. That's why I don't have them winning the division. Um, But I do have them finishing in second. I'm going to take – basically it comes down to this. I'm going to take the – and this is kind of hypocritical because I just said offense makes (laughs) leads the way in the regular season. I'm going to take the Rays – established run different, you know, uh, pre- run prevention system against the Jays offense. That's basically what it comes down to for me. Uh, again, this is one of those situations, Nationals, Phillies, in the NL East. You want to talk me into the Jays finishing over the Rays, I can buy it. Uh, I'm just not going to officially say it. I'm going to give the Rays benefit buy of the doubt. Take buy it for a second. Buy it. Let's move on to the uh, showcase here. I don't really need stat track. I don't really need uh, rosters for this, but I'm going to pull it up anyway, because I'm sure I'll blank on something. The New York Yankees, the final team to discuss in all of Major League Baseball this year. um, Last season, 33 and 27, probably would call that underachieving. I think it was maybe the best constructed team that they had of all of their teams since this window opened and underachieved. And at times they looked completely lost. They finished cold, losing six out of 10 but then they beat the ever loving shit out of the Indians (laughs) and it all seemed well before they got booned against the Rays. So they lose in the ALDS in put it in perspective. They lose in five games in the eighth inning of game five in a best of five against what would be a team that almost took the Dodgers out in the world series. So that's the proper perspective for the Yankee season rather than, Hey, they lost in the ALDS. Um, Plus 45 run differential, nothing about their record was certainly lucky. If anything, they were a little unlucky, but they're also a team that beats the hell out of bad teams and loses close games because of Aaron Boone. 22 and nine at home last year, 11 and 18 on the road, which I consider the latter pretty fluky. Uh, 10 and 17 against teams over 500, but I should add they were, I believe, two and eight against the Rays. So a lot of that was Rays on Yankees damage. Um, and because they only played 60 games because they played the Rays for 10 of those games, it looks a lot worse than it is. So here we go to discuss the Yankees last year's second place team, uh, year before that they were a second place team year before that they were a, or no, they won the division in 2019. I'm sorry. 2018 wild card, 2017 wild card, 2020 wild card, 2021. What do you think, Henry? Let's start with you.
0: You want my breakdown, or you want just what they where they're going to finish?
1: Let's volley a little bit here. Okay. Uh, let's start first. Where do you have the? I, I mean, I assume based on process of elimination, you have them winning the East.
0: I have them winning the East. Um, so everything the Yankees did this off flew in the face of what they usually do. The Yankees usually go out and they get that one big guy, that that move that you have to have, and that move wasn't there this year. What they did instead was they kind of did what the Rays do. We're going to have a shitload of depth and we're going to pluck and play guys. So you look at the Yankees rotation, there's not a lot of sexy names there, but what you have is a ton of guys there that are going to eat innings. They're going to swap. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees went to six man rotation at some point this season. Um, You're going to have guys who aren't in a rotation who are pitching out of the bullpen. You have guys coming up from the minor leagues that no one really knows or talks about. You have the Lewis Gills of the world. You have, uh, Davey Garcia coming up, which everyone knows about Albert Abreu, which, you know, I I love, and I'm waiting for him to hit his ceiling. You have the Lewis Medina's of the world, Clark Smith coming off the aisle, Luis Severino at some point coming off the aisle. So there's a lot of guys in this rotation. Plus you have a ton of horses coming because of that mix. I love, love, love what the Yankees did with their rotation. Personally, and I've told you this privately, we've had this discussion, I think they should have Luis Severino finish this entire season out of the bullpen. Make that bullpen more formidable and and have that power arm coming out of the pen, getting those big outs. Speaking of the bullpen, Darren O'Day, that move goes under the radar. That guy coming in with funky angle after you see these power guys like Zach Britton, like Chapman, like Chad Green, and then here comes Darren O'Day coming off the side, it's going to throw a, your whole shit off. I love this team. That bullpen is full of guys that can eat innings like Luis Esa, Luis Nick Nelson, John, Jonathan Loaizaga. I really, really like what the Yankees did in constructing the bullpen and constructing the rotation. Absolutely love it. There were some moves they did not make that I wanted to strangle them on. You know, I wanted them to trade Luke Voigt. Oh, yeah. I love I love Luke Voigt. I don't love Luke Voigt in this lineup. We have a ton of Luke Voigt on this team. I wanted them to trade Luke Voigt for a young arm, possibly. I wanted them to resign DJ LeMahieu, have DJ LeMahieu play first base, and I wanted them to either trade for a shortstop or go get a guy like Alder Tim Simmons to plug him in at shortstop and leave Glaber at second. I think that would have made the defense better. They're all in on Glaber at shortstop this season. I'm not a fan of it. They're, they're spinning it the way they always spin it. Our guys are this. This guy's working harder than ever. Gary Sanchez has been working harder than ever for like six seasons now. <laughs> Best shape of their life. You know, the, 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 the buzzword, you know, the buzz phrases. I'm not a fan of Glaber at shortstop. I'm kind of over Gary Sanchez already. <laughs> I, I do love yeah. that what I'm hearing out of the Yankees. With the pitchers, I'm hearing things I've never heard, spin rates, revolutions. I am things I've never heard from them. I love that we're hearing this now. They're finally on the board with pitching analytics and spin rates. And and I, I really think that they're just gonna cakewalk their way in this division. It's not just like they're gonna they're gonna cakewalk this division, in my opinion. Old.
1: I uh let's play a little love hate here. The, I'm going to be compl- Completely Bipolar for the next however many minutes because
0: normal Vince is bipolar god damn
1: it <laughs> yeah everything I feel is extreme about this team and everything I feel is uh, is one way or another so here's the thing. Everything you said about your offseason plan you wanted, I completely agree with. I thought the move was moving Glaber to second, moving DJ as he ages into his 30s. He's six foot four, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to be signed for pretty big money the next six years. Moving him to first made sense. You know, he can handle the position if he gets more time there. Um, I thought that plugging in a really solid defender like Simmons at shortstop made sense if you weren't going to make the big splash. And if you didn't make the big splash at shortstop, that's fine because next winter is an ungodly amount of talent at shortstop and it coincides with the Yankees resetting the cap, moving into a new CBA, having plenty of money to spend. So all that makes sense for me. I didn't understand what they were doing with the rotation in the beginning, but now I get it. And I've said this in every single division preview we've done the teams who are going to do the best this season are the teams who have a lot of starters. doesn't have to be great, but they need to have guys who can eat professional major league innings and keep their team in the game. The Padres did it. The Dodgers have it by default. The Yankees are one of the teams that fits that bill. That's why they did it. And that's why it's different, Henry, like you said, from what they usually do because they're preparing for 2021 in particular. And what I like so much about what they did They obviously have Garrett Cole. He might be one of a handful of guys who can throw 200 innings this year. That's already a major weapon that no one's really talking about because you just chalk Garrett Cole as an ace and leave it at that. You have Corey Kluber. He's not going to pitch an entire season. Um, But he's got upside. Apparently his spin rate and everything like that is right where it should be. Uh, Talian, same thing. Jordan Montgomery, I think he can take a step forward if he stays healthy this year. He's fully removed from his injury. He looked great in October last year. Domingo Herman looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Uh, I think we forget. Unintended.
0: Unintended. (laughs) intended.
1: Yeah, we. I think we forget how good he was before his. He went before he went away for a while, Mm. Um, and then, like you said, the minor leagues has. Davey Garcia, who's a major league starter right now, but he's going to get to get more seasoning. You have Clark Schmidt, who got hurt already, but he could be a weapon at some point this season. That's seven starters right there. I'm missing like three of them. Um, So if you guys in the comment section, anything that the Yankee, oh, I haven't even gone to their free agent tracker. this will help. So they lose Jay Happ. I don't think that's any love lost there. They gain Justin Wilson. He'll start the season on the IL. A little concerned about him. They gained Darren O'Day. This is the other point I want to make about the Yankees. They are the opposite of the 90s. They are not the trendsetters organizationally anymore. They are the team, though, that can adjust. And we've seen that. We saw after 2018, they made some adjustments. 2019, they made some adjustments. This year, they took that from the Rays. I'm convinced of that. Darren O'Day. They saw that the rays, you saw the stupid thing graphics throughout the postseason, mm-hmm. all the arm angles rays come at you. They were like, All right, where do you get Darren O'Day? The days of the right-handed specialist are back because analytics say so. And Darren O'Day fits that bill. Justin Wilson was going to be the left-handed counterpart. Now they got this loop guy dominating uh spring training.
0: Him, he is absolutely killing, dude.
1: Yeah, we'll see if he's real or a pumpkin or not. But if he can even give us a month or two until Wilson's ready, fine with me.
0: I kept saying there's no way he's real, but I mean he's just he's he's getting it done.
1: He looked great in this I his stuff doesn't impress me, but he makes batters look full. The problem I, don't, know is, what
0: to I think. don't think he's on the 40.
1: Uh, they'll make the move. The someone's moving to the 60-day I. L. Let's, by the way, review real quick the injuries because I don't know how much better they've been. Schmidt got hurt, Andrew Harz hurt, uh, Voigt's on the IL. Um, there's many more injuries I have to think about here. I had them all this morning. Mark Schmidt. Chirinos. I said, yeah, Chirinos breaks his, his hand. Um,
2: who else am I thinking of here?
0: On the 40, that's it.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. The main two guys, Judge um, and Stanton, are coming in healthy, which is a miracle. Yes, yeah, that, that is my big takeaway
1: is that Stanton and Judge are healthy. We thought maybe Judge was hurt today. It turns out he has a cold. Yeah, the cold. So <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Wojcikowski for what it's worth, got hurt. I don't think anyone cares about him. Chasin likely to be. Uh, Chasin and Wojcikowski were two of those guys. They're both not going to make the roster anyway. So that's moot. Adam Warren comes back. Uh, James Paxton leaves. He was a disaster. That might be it. Uh, elimination by subtraction, or I'm sorry, addition by subtraction. Canley leaves. I don't like that loss. Um, I thought they covered it pretty well, but then those guys got hurt too. Oh, Chris Britton, Zach Britton. Zach Zach Britton yeah. that's, a, that's a major injury. Back, so, yeah. Injuries are a mixed bag. Um, but again, this is a team that went for depth and they got depth and they've got plenty of options throughout the year. Also plenty of guys who are not going to throw a full season. Talion and Kluber, two of them. Montgomery should be built up pretty well, and I think Herman should too.
0: Oh, here's my thing with Monty I think outside of Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery is going to be the most consistent starter on the Yankees rotation.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to leave that rotation. This I think you're going to weave. They're going to go with the weaving process. Cole and Monty are going to stay there all year, maybe Herman too. Uh, or at least most of the season. Tallien and Kluber will start the year, probably take a little siesta while, uh, while some other guys come back. I'm with you, though, Henry. I don't know if their plans are for Severino to be in the bullpen, but that's exactly where I'd put him. Okay. Multi-inning guy. He can give us a shutdown bullpen. He's done it before. We know he can do it. He's not going to be able to build up his innings anyway because he's not going to have enough time this year to do it. Put him in the bullpen, and then we'll cross the bridge in 2022 as to what he is.
0: He's popping off at 97 to 99 yeah, in seven. You know, as a starter, just put him in the bullpen.
1: Yep. Your uh, Jaden uh, mentioned my guy Tyrell Estrada, another home run today. Uh, Estrada looks like he's he's almost back from the bullet wound, which is a good thing because he's better yeah. than Tyler Wade and for some reason is still not going to make the team.
0: Everyone's better than Tyler, Wade. but you mentioned my son who's in the comments. Since he's in the comments, I will say he is a heat fan. I just want to remind him that the Knicks are up at halftime beating the Heat 43-36. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Just like old times. just uh, Chapman, bullpen, he is suspended for five games. I don't really care about that personally. I think we're playing the Orioles to start the year or whatever. Um, I'm sure we'll lose two out of three anyway, even if he was healthy or uh, in, the, in the bullpen.
0: We're going Look, to have the 40-man roster issues. You, you know that, right? What's that? We're going to have 40-man roster issues, and we're going to lose some good guys.
2: <laughs> yes, we will uh, lose some guys. No, oh, yeah, you forgot one injury too, um, Anduhar. I mentioned Endur. I, mm.
1: I mm. would love mm.
2: if Luke Boyd
1: just kept reaggravating his injury and Anduhar replaced Jay Bruce. That's my dream. It's not going to happen, but I would so,
0: love
2: that. traded. I think <laughs> in the <this> season, <laughs>
0: Luke Boyd had his meniscus had a tear in his meniscus. I am someone who had both knees done, one meniscus removed one partially removed, and I need to go back and get it done. I'm not a pro athlete. I did have a baseball scholarship, but I'm not a pro athlete. I can tell you that he made the right move. That is a, that's an injury that you wake up one day and you feel like shit. You wake up another day and you feel great. I cannot imagine feeling like that as a pro ball player. You got to yeah. move side to side. He made the, whoever's decision it was to get the surgery now was the absolute right choice. I just wonder if they're gonna fully remove the meniscus or if they're just gonna remove a part a partial portion of it.
1: I mean, he's had these leg injuries for a couple of years now. This isn't something new. So if you're uh, if you're gonna fix these problems, great. Uh, Luke Voigt to me, despite his numbers, is not a big loss for the reason you mentioned earlier. I don't I still don't like the way this lineup's balanced. I don't like having Sanchez, Voight, Stanton, and Judge in the same lineup. And I like each of them individually If by ceiling. I don't like Gary Sanchez at all now. But if you want to go by ceiling, I like each of them individually. Gary Sanchez will not be the starting catcher by October. There's another hot take. Uh, I don't think he is going to cut it anymore. I really don't. And I think the Yankees know that. That's why they brought Torino's back. Because I think that they are – starting to stack the deck they had look they did the same speech with Sanchez that they did with um, Torres at shortstop we believe in him he's our guy best shape of his life he's doing this he's doing that we hired this guy we hired that guy he's going to be fine we believe in his upside I'm with you Henry I don't I think at least Glaber is young enough where he could improve at shortstop with another year under his belt but I'm not particularly bullish on that and I don't like Gary Sanchez as a catcher because I know even if he hits, he's still going to slump for long periods of time because that's what he is. Even when he was hot, he was still a very streaky hitter. And he's still going to be inconsistent as a catcher. And I don't like either of those things as a catcher. I want a defensive guy behind the plate like Higgy. And I want a guy who's going to at least hit 230, 240. I'm not asking for much. I'm asking for a guy who's not going to hit 190 over the course of 162 games. That's what Gary Sanchez is. If he can get it to 210, I still don't like that. Even if he hits 30 home runs, it doesn't matter. This team doesn't need to hit home runs.
0: That's just it right there. Gary's value is in his power. And you're not getting that power from many catchers in this game. But at some point, the way this team is made up, you got to say, is it worth it? And I'm on board and it's not worth it anymore.
1: It's not. they. It's, it's it's done. And by the way, he's they defeated love. after next year. They so. love
0: that Austin Wells is progressing the way he is. I guarantee you Cashman is just champing at, chomping at the bit because Austin Wells is progressing. And they're like, okay, maybe we don't have to move this kid off of catchment And keep yeah. making the strides both offensively and defensively. He can probably hit in the league right now if you put uh, Austin Wells you know, in a major league lineup. Um, but he still has some development. But you, you like to see that. I, I don't know what the he, like. I said, I'm with you. He doesn't get re-signed at all. There's no chance in hell he gets a long-term deal from the Yankees. It's just a matter no, of getting whatever. If, he I'm, Go ahead.
1: if I'm right, if he's not the starter by the end of the year, he's not coming back next season either. He may not be <laughs> worth the five six million
0: dollars it's going to take to bring him back. Actually, maybe more.
1: I yeah, I think he's making eight this year. Yeah, he's not you know. worth. It. So you're talking $10 million for a guy who's not a starter. It's a ridiculous waste of money. They could easily spend it on other things. And catcher's not that hard to replace. He's the defensive guy. That, that's where you get the value out of catcher, especially with this lineup. Let's look at the rest of the lineup. You have Luke Voit, who hits a lot of home runs, gets on base. Those are two things he does really well. He played shitty defense, and he is not a good guy against elite pitching. He is easily overmatched and a dumbass. That's Luke Voigt in a nutshell. That's and his a skill dumbass. set. <laughs> <laughs> DJ LeMayhew, as professional of a hitter as you get, we need more of him. We don't have more of him. Gio Urshela, we, I, we I do.
0: I wait, We do have a DJ LeMayhew on the team, but there's no space for him.
1: Right. Miguel Anduar will continue raking in AAA and right. not get a spot in Luke Voigt's spot, which is where he should go, which makes perfect sense. Because if you're going to play shitty defense at first, at least do it with a guy who balances the lineup better. That makes sense. Gio, he's fine at third. I don't have anything great things to say about him. I love his defense. I guess that's great. Um,
0: he likewise, he's well. fine
1: at lower third.
0: He does everything really well. He gets you. He's rock, he's rock solid. Above average offense at that position. He plays top-notch defense. And he, you know, he shores up that infield a lot. He covers a lot of ground. Yes. Him.
1: He is a very good fit on the Yankees. I'm not sure he'd be a good fit anywhere else. And for that, you hold on to him as long as he's cheap. Clint Frazier, look, I'm on board. Seeing what Clint is, great twenty twenty, improved his defense dramatic, like scary dramatically, like Kyle Schwarber dramatically. Except he's more athletic than Kyle Schwarber. So uh, I'm all Clint, especially because Brett Gardner's back on this team. I want Clint Frazier playing as many possible games as he humanly can in left field because it means less games Brett Gardner is going to play. Well, so
0: before you continue. Let yes. me tell you why Brett Gardner was valuable a valuable signing and was valuable to the team. In our chat, when we saw Cashman was going to give an update on Judge, you saw how everyone lost their shit and thought he was injured? That's why you have Brett Gardner, because eventually he will be injured. Eventually Stanton will be injured, and eventually someone will have to play an outfield position. And for what you want to say about Brett Gardner – He's healthy. He's a leader. He gets on base. He does his job, and he plays all three outfield positions. He has a spot on my
1: immediate reaction to Judge was Mike Talkman, our savior. He can come in and play instead for league minimum. Those things turn. Those things get my Dong City populated. I was excited for Mike Talkman, and uh, yeah, it's going to be Gardner instead. So did
0: not ask um, Renee for his World Series pick.
1: <laughs> Ricky, Wednesday you get the World Series picks.
0: Rob, uh, get get Renee's pick behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I I do, yeah I do want Ricky's though. Um, so anyway, so this lineup look it it revolves around Judge and Stanton. I'm so glad they're not batting back to back. That was a smart move. Number three guy should be DJ LeMahieu. We all know this to be mm-hmm. true. Instead he's going to be lead off. They're going to run run around with uh.
0: And I I still don't get it. I know we picks still in watch.
1: the three spot.
0: Hicks has a lower average, a lower on-base percentage, and lower slugging. It doesn't make he, It doesn't make sense that he's hitting third. And he's
1: he's a perfect leadoff hitter, and DJ Lemayhew's a perfect number three hitter between
0: Judge and Stanton. Imagine you're hitting between Again. Judge and Stanton, and you already hit fastballs at an elite level. Now you're going to see even more. Forget about it. His on-base percentage will be over four hundred
1: the Yankees are a reactive franchise. They are no longer a proactive franchise. This is what you get from a, re- it will take them until 2022 in the final year for judge until he's extended, if he's extended. And, uh, and maybe one of the final years, DJ LeMahieu plays at this elite level until they figure this out. That's just what they are. We have to live with it. We have to live with Aaron Boone, who again is the manager and is in a walk year And if Aaron Boone does not make it, to the alcs or world series this year and he is not fired i have no idea what this organization is doing this should if you don't make game seven of the alcs the same place jojo already did by the time he got fired and you bring him in for year number four it's a total waste of my time as a fan this year's a waste of my time as a fan if they don't win the World Series in my book, but I'm willing to give him Joe Girardi's ending point mm-hmm. with a much less talented team than you saw in 2018, 2019, 2020, and you're seeing in 2021. This is it for Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman. I swear to God, he walk into a walk year next year. If you don't fire Aaron Boone and then you don't win in 2022 as well, you can also be on your way out no matter how many good things you do. That's I'm right. there with this franchise. If
0: the Yankees win, this the sad part. You got to deal with a Boone extension.
1: If the Yankees win the World Series, they get like a two or three year reprieve from me. So I can deal with that until Boone sucks again. And then that's you're right back. You know, that's the end of Fire, its extension.
0: Fire Boone, hire Beltran, you call it a day already.
1: Yeah, just in insanity. Aaron Boone's a whole other subject. But anyway, to wrap
0: up an episode. episode, we can have that one episode, Don City
1: on Here, every <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wrap up my thoughts. Yankees rotation is built for this season. I've said it. I think tellian and Kluber uh and Herman all give you tremendous upside. Severino when he comes back could be a weapon in the bullpen. Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia are great depth with some upside. This rotation may not be sexy. It may have a lot of question marks prototypically but it has a lot of options and in 2021 this is the year of options to me um the bullpen i don't like (laughs) i know a lot of people love it
0: i do i I like the bullpen a lot
1: actually it's good if louis takes the next step if chad green is solid if oday does what he has to do if wilson comes back healthy if britain comes back healthy if chapman splitter is for real If Louis Sessa cannot be god-awful. If those things happen, this team can be good. I like Nick Nelson. He made the team. I like him. I think he was a good starter in the minors. He seems to be having more confidence this spring. I think he can be a weapon. But the name of the game for the Yankees' bullpen, these young guys need to take the next step. When the Yankees are clicking at their best, they have a homegrown bullpen that's cheap, and they can spend money on other things like starters. That's what has to happen this year. You've got two, three, four guys from this – Uh, system who have the arsenal to be back of the bullpen guys they haven't taken that step yet they need to take it this year and this is a crucial year to do it with the way that the payroll is
0: here's my issue with the bullpen I think a lot of people were looking at this bullpen and you're going back to when we had Andrew Miller and Batances and Chapman you're looking at two or three guys that can close and you're like this is what I want What you have now is a lot of matchup guys, and that's not sexy. But I, I really think our bullpen is going to be very, very, very good. I love Jonathan. You guys are there
1: as the manager, as an FYI.
0: I get it. I love Jonathan Loaisiga in the bullpen. I think his stuff resonates so well. Um, And like I said, you have guys that aren't in the rotate that are in the rotation now, who may not be in the rotation at the end of the year, who may join the bullpen. You put a guy like Domingo Horman whose stuff is just filthy. When his breaking ball is on, it's on. You put him in the bullpen at the end of the year in a playoff series, that could be disgusting. So I think it's, it, I, I actually have a lot more faith in the bullpen than you do.
1: I think I look at it like this and this is if the Yankees can do this right. And by the way, Matt Blake in his second year. So I think there's something to be said for that. This was his first offseason working personally with these guys in person I think that that's actually underrated. I I, last year he didn't have a full season. He didn't have a full prep season, and he wasn't in person. Matt Blake's supposed to be the pitching guru, so we're going to see what he has, and he probably is gonna have a lot more influence with Boone and this analytics staff to make these matchups. So that that's my positive aspect. The other thing I look at: this Yankee team has twelve or thirteen pitchers who are part of the solution to me. I think twelve or thirteen guys on this staff between AAA and the majors have the stuff to be effective at this level for a playoff team. Uh, not all of them are gonna pan out. Not all of them are gonna stay healthy. Some of them are already hurt, like Wilson and Britton, mm-hmm. but that is more, those are far more options than the Blue Jays have. They're far more options than the Astros have. They're far more options than the White Sox have. They're far more options than the Twins have, and most of the AL. The only team I'd say has more is probably the Rays, and that's really just, a, just because of their system both farm system and organizational system.
0: Yeah, but Uh, they'll have dead on by the end of the season. Yeah,
1: so so the Yankees have the options and they have depth, and that to me is the most important. I don't think they have the upside as other teams, maybe in the front of the rotation, but they do have Garrett Cole in a playoff series that could really make a series shorter if Garrett Cole's on his game, which he was last October, Mm -hmm. Um, including game five. He just (laughs) had to pitch on three days rest because Boone butchered the rest of that series. So... Here we are needing to make a prediction on the Yankees. Um, the offense, I think, is very deep. It's health, It's relatively healthy right now, which is the most important thing. It's got some some depth, like I said. The bullpen has options. I don't love its upside. The rotation has options. I do like its upside. I think by default, Henry, we have them winning the AL East. Um, Rob, you wanted to say something here. Finish your thoughts on the Yankees.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, I got a response from Rene and his prediction for the World Series. Okay. Uh, he, he picked the uh, Blue Jays and the Mets to go to the World Series this year. hey
1: okay. absolutely hate it, but thank you, Renee. <laughs> um,
2: so, yeah. So, I mean, by
1: default, Henry, we both have him winning AL East. Uh, we'll get more on what is this team in the playoffs. It's got plenty going forward and plenty going against it. Um, but Wednesday, we will have our playoff predictions – uh, you now know basically all of our – you know all of our division winners. You know all of our second-place teams. So we're going to be choosing the wild cards, which is by default going to give us our playoff matchups, which by default is going to give us our predictions. We also have the awards that we'll hand out as well. On the eve of opening day, this Wednesday, a little bit early, 6.30 p.m. show. Um, probably going to be a one-hour show. And, uh, and then we'll be back at a regular scheduled time the following – Well, I won't be back. No, hold on. Let me think about this.
0: We'll figure it out.
1: I will be back the following Monday. It's the one after that I won't. So you got Dong City, 6.30 p.m. Eastern this Wednesday. Dong City, 7 p.m. next Monday. Join us then. It will not be a two-hour show, I promise. Henry and I have Yankees winning the division. Um, Those are AL East picks. This has been Dong City. Tune in to the Audible tomorrow night, Tuesday, 8 p.m. Step Back Wednesday. And um
0: no step back, work back Friday, worksheet Thursday, step back Friday Tuesday,
1: step back Friday, total basis of course on Sunday. And this has been Dong city. city. Everyone have a good night.
0: Dong City bitches.